fight if we dare you to see the maniacs are loose. The world's first horror movie made in hallucinogenic hypnovision. Hallucinogenic horrors not only on the screen, but in the audience all around you. It's a hallucinogenic nightmare. Welcome to another episode of Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I am John Wayne. With me, as always, is Christopher Triana. Chris. Yes. How are you? I'm great, sir. How are you? You are surgeried up as if you've been listening, as if, I mean, if you've been listening, which I'm sure you have, you know (laughs) that Chris went under the knife this week and uh, he lived to tell the tale. Um, You know, it was touch and go for a little bit. I almost had that, that. Al Bundy football in my clutches, but <laughs> you pulled up, you pulled through, buddy. How how how's it going? How has it been post surgery for you? Uh, it's been all right. You know, it's been painful and annoying, but you know, it's it's coming along. And uh, you know, I've just been sleeping a lot. And they told me, you know, for your body to recover, you're going to be tired and all of that. And also, I'm you know loaded full of pills, so been sleeping a lot and uh, watching trash films actually. Must have been them pills I took. Um, very nice, dude. Uh, I'm glad you're all right. Uh, I'm glad you've got you. the uh, Apollo Creed shirt back on or Rocky shirt back on today. Yeah, or it's just uh, the Rocky Balboa. That's just that color. It might be the uh, Dr. J color, the shirt as well. I think I'm going to be uh, sleepless for a while because, um, dude, because of the shoulder injury and and like it's the easiest thing to to put on. Dude, but just you make about that. Yeah. Make the commitment, dude. Well, I mean, it's so freeing to have no <laughs> sleeves ever. You, you, we'll get you get you a couple tats. You don't have to go full crazy like me, but we'll get you some tough guy stuff. You know, well, maybe like, maybe some henna, like an anchor, like an anchor. We'll get you like an anchor and like that, that, uh, an anchor that says mom. Yeah, the yeah, anchor says enough. mom. And Did you uh, her time in the navy. Of course, yes. When she yeah, spiked yeah. the Kaiser. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then and the Kaiser stole our word for 20, so. That's why she was fighting him. And, and God bless your mom. Yeah. And I'm proud to be. Uh, um, rest in power. Rest in power. I would be, uh, I mean, I know this is happening in a, a different time. People are listening to this differently than the time that we're talking about it. But we have mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about Bill and Ted face the music up top. Of because, course. Uh, of course. Because we saw it. Show. Our last show was just talking about how great yeah. they were. And you and I haven't really talked about it yet. I think we both had like a code of silence. Uh, uh-huh. so we and now I'm ready. Our, yeah, because we, you know, we wanted to talk about it on the show rather than, you know, blow our load on it uh, oh. off camera, you know. Uh, well, I mean, I did blow my load while watching the movie, but I mean, I do that with every movie. Yeah, so. I, that's weird about you. You every movie it's, you watch, like whether you like it or you hate it, you always yeah. blow a load at the whether, end. Whether whether I'm in the theater or at home, it, like it is. It is. I've got to say, you know, I thought it was creepy at first, but now it's like I I kind of feel weird if it if you know it doesn't yeah. happen. Or, Even when know. I go to a theater, like people get weirded out. Like you know, when like I go with friends or family, they get weirded yeah. out. And I whip it out and I start jerking off while we're watching, you know, the latest. Uh, spider-man or whatever whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, but, but you know i i call it i call it uh paging mr herman 
You're, <laughs> you're, wait, you're, so you're jerking off under that garbage bag that you wear in there? I thought it just, you just came organically every time you saw a film, a motion picture. Yes, yes. It, well, it is a hefty bag because all the other ones are too wimpy. That's, uh, that's, so it's a hefty bag. And it's one of those ones that's scented. All right. So I, uh, uh, you're welcome. I bought this movie. <laughs> Sight unseen. Uh, you could Bill rent Ted. it. Yes, Bill yes, said, yes. Yeah. Uh, before well, so you, you bought it, you I took the buying it. option. Yeah, I I thought about doing that, but I I just rented it for twenty because I knew I was going to buy. You know, you, we talked about this before. I love yeah, this. You movie. want the you want the DVD? Yeah, I'm like I'm going to buy the DVD, the Blu-ray. So yeah. I didn't buy it, but okay, you you bought it. Sight unseen. Go on. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say I, it was like five dollars more. My wife, my wife was like, "Just buy it, just get." And I was like, "All right." She, you know, she'd had a couple, uh, she knocked a couple back, so she was the, loose with the purse strings. I was like, "Are you sure?" And she's like, "Go ahead, you deserve it. Uh, you all so and so." You got a good sugar mama there. And then, uh, no, so and I was like, "You want to wash it with me?" And she's like, "No." And I was like, "Even better." No. So I, yeah, no. So I. What? Uh, who is I, um, this woman? What's wrong with her? My wife, I think she was, uh, she was fine. She was just watching Hamilton for the, cause she had to again for the 19th time. But, uh, the thing wow. is she's saving herself. She's going to watch it with me. And I made, I made a promise, but that doesn't matter. The thing is I bought it. Um, it's, it's, this is the first thing that I've viewed since the quarantine through this, like supposed to have been released in theater slash right. how I can buy it or yeah, stream it. Yeah, that, is that your, oh yeah. Yeah. The um, first one that was like, yeah, the first one that was like in theaters, but I could watch at home. This is the first one I bought because rarely does anything come out that I want to see anyway anymore. I like old stuff. Um, but this, I was, you know, because it's a resurgence of old stuff, it's, a, you know, recycled. Um, I, of course, was very, very excited, as anyone who listened to the last episode knows. We were both really pumped. But, I mean, do you want me to say what I thought? You want me to give yes. my now first? Okay. Well, first. I mean... We can kind of go back and forth, you know. But yeah. Right up to, I'm not going to bury the lead. I loved this movie for many reasons, not just because it was a Bill and Ted movie and we hyped it up on the show. I think that this movie, uh, while paying complete service to the fans, was so well done. It incorporated this entire new thing. Their daughters, they have this adventure. They put to, they keep it like they they just nod back to the old films, but keep it new where they're like going to get the band. I mean, they go get the band for their dads. And it's just, I was just in like totally in, I was like, yeah. oh God, this is awesome. The casting was great. I thought yeah. uh, it was like, you got some, you got some George Carlin, like hologram style for like, a yeah. Yeah. Thing. you got, I got everything I wanted from this movie. Even like uh, no, there was nothing I did not like about this movie. <laughs> I even rolled a tear at the end because uh, yeah. I, I was just so happy that it was so good. And I was like, man, see, like, you know, good things can happen. Yeah. And then yeah. I started doing push ups was... real quick because I was like, no, uh, uh, uh. I'm a man, I'm a man. Yeah. No, dude, I, uh, to jump in, I got to say that I agree with everything you just said. Uh, I absolutely loved the movie. It was everything it should have been. It, like, it didn't disappoint on any level, in my opinion. It was funny as hell. I yeah. laughed so much out loud. Um, not it stupid was, laughs. Like it was genuinely. No, it was it was very clever. It was a yeah. clever movie, uh, and like they they honored both films as far as like what happens in the movie with time travel and um, afterlife stuff. Um, they 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 did both of that in this. Um, 
and I don't want to go through the whole movie and give anything away, you know, but uh, I'm just want to say that uh, it was very innovative, very inventive um, and very, very hilarious. Um, and uh, yeah, I just and like you said, like the ending, there's like this message of hope uh, and like what better time for this movie to come out uh, than in this dark, dark year of 2020. Um, like it had this message of hope. It had this sense of nostalgia to it of reuniting like with old friends it kind of felt like because you know like bill so many of us grew up with bill and ted so it was kind of like we reunited with it and um my friend tangy is here and she's been you know helping me along in my surgery and she was a big shouts fan out. too shouts out tangy she's a big fan of bill and ted as well and so and so we watched it together and we were just like like laughing and clapping and and, and like crying you know we were just like oh my god this is amazing so it, it was great dude um yeah i mean yeah. the Keanu Reeves and and uh, Alex Winter, Winter, right? yeah, Winter. they are. I mean, we're just spot on. Like there yeah, was no, yeah. there was no loss of the characterization of Bill Ted yeah. at all. It the was exactly they, the same. Yeah, they've always had great chemistry <laughs> together, and that that chemistry had not faded one bit. No, it was, and man, it was so good. And I'm glad I bought it because I'll definitely watch it uh, probably yeah. another couple times this week, just because. It was, uh, it was, yeah, so I could, I could totally yeah. watch it again, like today. Yeah. I like, I could watch it again. Uh, and I will watch it again many, many times in my life. I know that for sure. Man, did, um, did you, did you watch till the end credits? Like, uh, and man, I, I, I was, I was watching it to the end and then, uh, and then it started more credits and I was like, fuck this. So is there a, well, you should because there's a, there's a little piece at the very, very end, kind of like I Marvel think. movies do. I figured, uh, I w I will. Um, but I want to also want to say like the, 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 that character, like, man, you get all your favorites, you know, death comes back, dude. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not a spoiler. And, um, they have that there's a robot that is sent to kill them. Yes. Yeah. I fucking loved that guy. By the end of the yeah, movie, was I was like, funny. Oh my God, I love this fucking robot. Yeah, uh, yeah. it, it was, uh, and that's and, another that's another thing I will say is like there there are new characters, but none of them are like a jar jar. None of them are like annoying. You don't wish them to be gone. Even like the, their two daughters, uh, whereas like, you know, in the end of Bogus Journey, it's revealed that they have two kids and you're led to believe that they're boys because this is little Ted. This is little Bill. Uh, but then you find out that they were actually girls. And so their daughters are grown and everything. And like the two actresses that play the daughters are fantastic, particularly. Ted's daughter, I don't know the actress's name offhand, but she she like is the mirror image of young Ted, like just the way she smiles, the way she kind of like holds her arms out while she talks and stuff like she is fantastic as that character. I, I, I yeah, I agree. And I pictured her like watching the first two movies mm -hmm. just like over and over and like doing like she probably knows every line, every line. of Keanu yeah. Reeves for both yeah. of those movies because she just did them a lot because she was just a. But that and that and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't ham fisted. I don't it wasn't uh, like annoying. It was like, this is this is what you expect. Like, this is no, Bill and no, Ted. It like really it was. Uh, and, and it wasn't like their cat. Those those the, the daughters dominated the movie or anything like that. Uh, it was just a really good inclusion. They were they were very likable uh, characters. Uh, and they also bring back and I don't want to say who you and I can talk about it off offline here. Um but they also brought back other characters that were small characters uh, that from the originals. 
And they were like a nice surprise, so I don't want to say anything. But they brought back other characters, including the actors that played them. So that's that was true. Really cool. That's true. Yeah, we will talk about that offline because they yeah. did some very clever things with yes. bringing some characters back did, that, that I was really that fun. I was that I was really rolling about. But yeah, yeah. I really liked that. I, I was that and that robot when he first is introduced, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this robot. Like I, I seriously was like, and then I forgot you forget about him because he's not he's like right. gone for thirty minutes. But he's then not we come in it all that much. So like, but if, dude, it's if so you funny. don't like him, he doesn't he can't ruin the movie because you can't not like him. He's fucking No, funny. he's hilarious. He's really funny. But even if you didn't, um, he's not in it enough to make it annoying. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm uh, completely uh, thrilled with this movie. Uh, this too. is the first movie, one of the first movies that I've watched all the way through uh, on my own this uh, quarantine uh, I usually like I know I've been watching a lot of movies with uh, a friend of mine. I won't mention him or anything about him, but or we, his uh, we will work. I don't know what you're talking about. We'll work uh, on our things and then we watch it. We finish our, our writer, our writing meetings with uh, watching a, a movie. And it, but it's 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 like, you know, he we talk about it. Mostly he's talking about it to me and telling me things about it. So it's kind of like an interactive experience. Not like I'm sitting there. So, but but I've had a hard time even like when we've talked about it, like I'll start movies and just turn them off. I, I just have no interest in anything. And uh, this movie, I I was so in from the beginning, uh, from Jump. I was like, oh fuck yeah, dude! This is no mis- there's no mistake here. This mm-hmm. is gonna this is gonna carry us on to yeah. the end. Um, it was great. It was great. Uh, you, can I? Uh, you know what I want to ask you? Can I ask you about another movie that's not sure. trash or it's a legitimate yeah, movie? No, 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 yeah, go for it. Yeah. I started. Uh, I I did start to watch a couple of movies that I did get all the way through as well, like leading up to Bill and Ted, like the maybe two days before. Out of the blue, like I was like, man, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put this on. I can turn it off if I want. Um, Alfred Hitchcock's Frenzy. It's like a second oh, yeah. to last movie. Have you yeah, seen yeah. it, dude? Uh, yeah, a while back. Yeah, long time. Guy watched this like UHD version, like you know, with the the film has been rescanned and it is so beautifully shot. And uh, I was like, man, why haven't I watched a lot of Hitchcock except like the you know hits you know that everyone knows? I was like, yeah. this movie is rad. It was really fucking cool. No, he's uh, got a lot of great movies, man. That weren't big hits. Like Lifeboat is a really good one too. It's like all filmed on like the whole movie is just these people on a life raft. Like it's it's really great. I think I have that one marked to watch, and I watched Vertigo because I knew that was a big one, and I was like, "Whoa, this movie is pretty nuts!" And then I wanted to talk about it a lot, which it lends itself to. Um, and then I forget. Maybe, I, maybe we do a classic cinema episode. We should or Hitchcock, Hitchcock, episode. and and um, Twilight Zone, and like we could talk about stuff like that. You know, I like it. But would you know the name of the one where um, the two guys are on a train and one of them's a tennis? Strangers player. on a train. Yeah strangers on a train it's about strangers they're they're on a train they're <laughs> something yeah that one was really good too and it was so. parodied uh by throw mama from the train with danny devito and, and billy crystal and then also that was parodied by uh rocky five. sylvester Stallone and stop <laughs> or my mom will shoot dude you said Stallone. i said rocky five. Oh my god like you're just the same wavelength oh my god by the way speaking of rocky um Something I, I'll I'll have to send it to you, but you can look at look it up, uh, listeners. Um, on Instagram, Stallone is very active on Instagram and uh, t- like and like is known for like actually responding to his fans and stuff. Um, so he posted this thing on Instagram 
uh, of uh, like there's going to be a director's cut coming out to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Rocky IV. Uh, so he's actually the one doing the director's cut because, of course, he directed the movie. Yeah. Uh, and like he was talking about some of the things that are going to be in it, and he's trying to make it a more serious version because obviously Rocky <laughs> Four is ridiculous. It's the most over the top, silly Rocky movie. Um, over and, the top. Yeah, yeah, over the top. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's it's like the most bombastic of all of the Rocky movies. The most flashy. I mean, it's basically a bunch of music videos and fight scenes slapped together. We so, did touch anyway, on it. That's what you said. It was it, yeah, okay, just yeah. transition, transition, music video. There's it not is. a lot of story. It's just kind of no. like, and now they fight. You but know? he's trying to make a more heartfelt version of it, I guess. And so there's certain things he's cutting out. And apparently, we're, like he mentioned that he's cutting out the robot. The one that Polly's Polly's robot, he's like what? cutting out. Yeah, what? like <laughs> that. That was awesome, Polly. As the fucking he bought Polly that robot because he's all well, rich apparently, and shit. Apparently, Sly hates that robot and like totally regrets it being in the movie because I... it's really stupid. Um, but uh, but anyway, like much Polly like is. you. Much like you, many of the fans are like, no, don't leave out the robot. The robot rules. So if you go to this thread on his Instagram, you can read, like, all the comments between him and fans. Like, he keeps, like, having to defend the – he keeps having to defend it. He's like, no, the robot's stupid. And fans are like, no, it's not. It's great. Leave it in. He's like, no, it's going to – it's not going to be – and, like, them just commenting back and forth. It's hysterical, dude. I was cracking up reading it. Yo, this, uh, this robot's really stupid, man. You know, it's very irregular. It's very, yeah, it's like mentally irregular. Uh, that is hilarious. I want the robot now. I just want a, a Rocky Four that's completely revolves around the robot's story, uh, the robot's thread. You know, I want to see that. You know, they made an action figure of the robot. Um, I want to say yes because uh, reaction, reaction Nick, made it. Nick, uh. uh Oh, they made one recently? Yeah, we'll have to do a, a whole show mm. dedicated to the reaction Rocky Figures. robot. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, yeah, uh, I do believe it. You know what it. the story is with that robot? Yeah, Tell like, me I'll the talk, story. I don't know. Let's hope you get on a fucking side story. Like, side boob. Let's even go. get to the point of, of side the bar. show. Sidebar. Um, the, the robot in Rocky was actually um, a, I read this somewhere, like Stallone wasn't saying this on the thread. So I, this may be bullshit, but I think it's true. Um, his son, uh, Sage Stallone, rest in power. Rest in power. Um, he, uh, he, yeah. like, he had autism or he had some trouble or dyslexia, some trouble learning uh, in school. And so that robot was actually a learning device for kids who had these kind of problems. It was that's what it was. It was like a giant speaking spell, you know, like for the 80s. It was like it taught you stuff. Um, and that's what that robot was. And, but, you know, of course it was a fucking robot in the eighties. So it was super expensive. So only rich people like Stallone could afford it. So that's why you didn't see it at your friend's house or anything. But, um, but yeah, like, and like his son loved it and everything. And so that's why he put it in the movie. You know, it wasn't originally in the script or anything. It just got put in the movie because his kid liked it, I guess. I don't know. It was, or he thought it was amusing. It was a way to show off how fucking rich he was. I don't know. I thought I thought you were gonna say that um his uh his son had trouble uh staying alive um after <laughs> taking a lot of pills and then the robot was there to cold supposed, to, supposed to be cold there to help. Him, but... right? <laughs> I'm just saying 
you know, that was something he also had trouble with learning and, you know, not dying from pills. Yes, he, he did drive. And drug. that robot should have taught him both. But he didn't die of a drug overdose in 1985. <laughs> it was more like 1986. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, he was still a child. So you um, up, you punch up the robot. It's not like Sylvester Stallone has never not had money. You upgrade right. that robot, man. I want to see it, like, just keep adding on to that one. So it's all big and clunky and yeah, has, like, a lot a of shit. Of, like, yeah, you could add a bunch of, like, CGI scenes where, like, he comes in and fights Ivan Drago to save Rocky or something. You could add all kinds of stuff. No, I want a real, uh, like, practical. No, I mean, no, I mean, be- no, no, I mean, because he's, he's retouching. He's doing a director's cut of Rocky Four, so. Is he going to George Lucas it? Is, like, somebody going to step on Jabba's tail or something in this one? Yeah, Is well, that- that's what I'm saying. He could add a bunch of CGI robot moments to already existing footage. Or they could just shoot new footage, with, which is two of them being in, new the new footage with uh, Stallone and Lundgren being in their nineties, and just have them like fighting the robot. If you need practical effects. Oh man, they have to team up and fight the robot. Yes, <laughs> dude. That's yes. That's the movie. Rocky four point five. Yeah. They fight the robot. We fight, fight the, the robot. robot. That's what it's yeah. called. To save Polly. To, no, Polly's like they don't know he's been long dead. He's like long dead. Well, he killed Polly in the new one in um in Creed two, oh, which is Creed? yeah, like Polly's dead by the time like Creed two starts. But Creed two was like, you know, like Stallone. I love him, but he he never knows when to stop. You know, like he did rock like when he did Rocky Balboa. I was like, fuck yeah, dude! It, like. It's a redemption after the travesty of Rocky Five. Um, it was a great movie. It was a heartfelt movie, and he should have just ended on that. But instead, he does the spinoff Creed, and amazingly, Creed turns out to be really good. Like he got lucky again. It, it turned out really good, and he's like, "Well, I'm just I don't know when to stop because I'm Sylvester Stallone." And they just Creed Two, and Creed Two is just fucking garbage. It's terrible. So. Uh, you're being really rude, I think. Yo. Well, come on. Like I just said, he did I haven't seen it. I haven't seen stuff. it. Uh, uh, so I can't comment. Stuff, but uh, he only had, and like, I don't know. It just Creed 2 was one too many. Just like the, the, the last Rambo, Last Blood was one too many. Even though well, the fourth one was insane and wonderful. Well, sometimes you got to know when to uh, just walk away. No one to hold them, no one to fold them, fucker. You know, just walk out into that sunset. Leave on a high note. George Costanza it. Just, you know, and I'm out. You know, if Stallone, if you're going to continue to do sequels, why not do Over the Top Part 2? Why not do Cobra Part 2? Have why you not been reading do... my dream journal? Right? <laughs> why not do Rhinestone Part 2? Stop or my mom will shoot Part 2. Part 2. Part 2. And this right. one could be like, stop or my granddaughter will shoot because he's really old. <laughs> <laughs> it's an all-female reboot of Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. No, not all-female. It's a cameo no. of Stallone. He's just like, no. all right, go do it, mom no. and no, son no, no, or daughter no, or whatever. No. 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 Okay, okay. No, it's Stop or My Granddaughter Will Shoot. It stars him. He's okay. in a wheelchair. His daughter's pushing around. They're solving mysteries. This is great. They on a train at all? Aren't they on a train in that movie or something? Or am I conflating that with Throw Mama from the Train? Yeah, I think so. It's it's throw Stallone from the train. That's the one. That's the one. That's a good movie. Yeah. 
Okay, so we've gone off on multiple tangents here. Tangents, uh, as we like to call it. Gone off on a tangy. Gone off on a tangy. So, um, is she in the she, room right now? No, but she's in the house. <laughs> the call's coming from inside the inside house. The house. <laughs> no, she's in the house. Unfortunately, she has to leave today and go back to New York City because she's a big time fancy vice president of a fashion magazine in New York City and makes crazy money. So oh. she has to go back. And, uh, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be all on my lonesome unless a certain friend from Texas wants to drive up and, and take care of me in my hour of surgical need. What, see, now, why would you, you you put me on the spot here on the podcast? Oh, I was talking about Max Booth yeah. III. And, uh, <laughs> well, he doesn't listen to this, so. No, no, he gives it about me. Uh, um, yeah, I would totally do that if I could. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll talk offline, you fucking sloppy bitch. Well, my mom's coming here down now. You got me oh, all screwed up. So you know? your mom is more important to you than me. I mean, <laughs> yes, mom. She listens to this. You are. Sorry, dude. Of course she is. She damn well better be. Oh, no. No, I'll be fine. I'll anyway. be fine. Okay, I'm well, kidding. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. Well, we went off on too many tangies. Even then. As usual. Um, there's a Jody... A dirty joke there, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna I, say. It. I can't wait till we get to a point where we can have merch, and that one of the shirts just says "Off on a Tangy," and yeah. it's written all like you know, it's black with like a kind of like a burnt um umber type of font, and it's just like "Off on a Tangy," and it looks all like trippy. Anyway, I'm gonna draw something up, but that's right, gonna be a good, good shirt. That's a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, speaking of not speaking of shirts, we should we talk about uh. Uh, reading things, or uh, or did what we have anything else? Shirts. It's, I don't know. Absolutely it's just a segue. Nope. Just trying. It's, it's a, not a so segue. It's, segue. That's not a segue. That's like you know. Speaking of of keyboards. Yeah. You now want to talk about Halloween masks? It's like what? No, that's not a segue. I mean, when you stop and draw attention to it like that, it's not. But I mean, if you would have just let it go, speaking we could have rolled shirts. Let's talk about reading. Yeah, like I was talking about shirts that have things on that you read, like uh, I, I uh, off on a tangy the shirt into you're reading that on a shirt. You segue into reading a book, possibly uh, a book that we'll be talking about in this next segment. Uh, a little segment that we call Book of the Week. <laughs> Book, book, book of the week. Book, book, book of the week. So, um, <laughs> this was this was kind of cool because, uh, you know, like before we do the show, we always decide what book of the week is going to be, and we'll like you know talk to each other about it. And I had that, one in mind. Just talk, baby. <laughs> I had one in mind. I did, and I was like, oh, this is perfect because it's a new release and it's a cool dude and a cool book. Uh, and I was like, oh, we should totally do this one. And before I could even suggest it, you suggested the same one. And I was like, oh, my God, we were totally on the same wavelength about this, you know. Uh, so I'll so you 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 had it uh, prepared. So I'm going to go ahead and just uh, let you take it away with Book of the Week. OK, well, uh, the one that we both chose uh, for Book of the Week is uh, Along the Path of Torment from Chandler Morrison. Uh, fresh, fresh out the oven from Otto Otto Press. 
this is uh this is i've been excited about this for a while i had chandler on uh, my uh patreon podcast and we talked uh, for a while and he's an awesome dude of course i know him from bizarro con and killer con and stuff like that and uh i really like his writing style he's he's we, we both love Brady stanellis we both have Brady stanellis tattoos so right there we're pretty cool um <clears throat> and so he's <clears throat> he does have that kind of style if you like that kind of writing style chandler does uh you know have a have a kind of uh you know he's definitely influenced by that in a good way and and i uh i appreciate his style so uh, should i read the uh the cover copy of this Mm -hmm. to everybody okay yes you should ty seward is a sick man anorexic sexually aberrant and haunted by a ghostly apparition residing in his closet living in the shadow of a of an in remission cancer he fully expects to return ty bitterly earns his meager living by working as an assistant to his uncle a business and media mogul who runs a lucrative prostitution ring catering to the Hollywood elite. Sex when Ty's line of work introduces him to a precocious teenage girl who seems to possess a shrewdly keen insight into his inner machinations, he is forced to confront his hidden demons and repressed trauma, embarking on a bleak and harrowing odyssey of self-discovery in the decomposing city of angels. That's Los Angeles, nice. just so you know. Oh, thank, thank you. Appreciate that. That sounds good. And uh, for those who may not have read him before, if you're a fan of extreme horror, Chandler brings it to the max. It is extreme. It is twisted. It is vile in the best possible way. Yeah. And, you know, uh, he that's actually something I talked to him about was extreme horror and how he felt like often getting like uh, mentioned in like that that that's mentioned in the same sentence as him extreme horror a lot right and he's like uh we both kind of had the same opinion or i was like i don't know you know his stuff is ext- he has extreme horror like elements without but it's i don't know it's it's like not the same uh it's like a horror novel really i don't know it, it, we both agreed that it, it kind of like walked yeah weird, it's like a weird extreme, line of extreme horror it's like extreme bizarro almost in a way well yeah, you're right. It, it's just, uh, it's got a, t- it's got a, I, I don't know, know it's hard to define. Je ne sais quoi. Eh? Je ne sais quoi. You can't, we can't, it's a, you know, certain something. We don't know what it is, but it's good. So well, check I out. American, so I don't know what the hell you're saying. You're right, son. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. No, uh, no, it is, it is hard to define his stuff. It's, uh, I mean, like, it's even a stretch to call it bizarro. It's, uh, it's just, I don't know. It's, uh, it's its own animal. Yeah. yeah, it's very good. Uh, so check out uh, Chandler's new book, Along the Path of Torment, uh, from Ottle Ottle. It's out right now. I pre-ordered it, or or I actually ordered like a paperback a long ass time ago. So hopefully it comes soon. Um, so I'm excited about that. And uh, check out Chandler's other stuff. So do boom. it, do boom. it, week. And that's been. Book of the week. <laughs> that was really yeah, good. That was like, my pitch for like the out, outro music. Yeah, that was like a good like uh, like like uh, radio station effects you had going on there. Like a book. Okay, so now that we've now that we've discussed book of the week. Uh, we can 
start moving into um, our our first and only topic. Uh, those who listened last week will remember that uh, we the, the focus was going to be on trash cinema. Uh, but we ended up talking so long about smut because smut is so great uh, that like it just took over the entire episode and we didn't get a chance to talk about other forms of trash cinema. And we, yeah, we wanted to we, we decided to just keep going and, and save this for the next one so that we didn't sacrifice any, uh, you know, kind of passionate right. conversation on either side. Yeah, we didn't want to cut any of the smut episode in order to include this stuff. Uh, so. We just decided, you know what, we're going to have to do uh, a trash cinema episode part two. And that's what this is. Mm-hmm. So, without further ado, our main topic is... One, two, three, four! Trash cinema! Trash cinema. Trash Trash Oh man, I wish Max Hedrum would just like appear on the screen, just like and do 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 trash do do trash. Now I've lost everybody. Nobody knows Max Hedrum is. No, no, no. You really dated yourself with that one. Wait, you ever read about that 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 like uh, that Max Hedrum guy who who broke into like the TV signal and uh, like he was like doing it out of a van and he like broke through through like a like a TV signal and like a bunch of people in a certain town saw him getting like. You know, like he like pulled his pants down and this girl was like whipping his ass and stuff. He was wearing a Max Hedrum mask. What? No, I've never I heard. It sounds of like I'm making this up, but I'm it does. Not. Yeah, no, there was some guy in the '80s who, like, he managed to find a way to like break into the the satellite signal of a lo- of like local TV stations, and it was kind of like grainy and like you know the picture went in and out. But it was this guy in a Max Hedrum mask, and he. Uh, and he and like I don't know there was was it a Max Headroom or was it Freddy Krueger? It was one or the other. It was oh, either Max. Hey. It was either Max. I'm pretty sure it was Max though. But it he, was like, Max Krueger the whole time. It was Max Damn. and Freddy Krueger. I mean they're basically the same character. Um, but no, it was one of those. But I think it was Max Headroom. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, and he and like he like jumps on and he's saying all this weird stuff that like you can barely tell what he's saying and doesn't make <clears> a lot of sense. But then like he pulls down his pants and this girl is on screen and she's just like whipping him in the ass. And this like went out on like, this was the eighties. It went out like on every network in that area. Mm. I forget what town. Anyway, it just came to mind when you said Max Headroom. I wasn't prepared. I don't have all the facts. It was just. <coughs> um, Sounds like a dream you might've had. I, I don't the know. The next episode will be dedicated to this entire story because it's a crazy story and they never found out who it was. They never caught the guy. Nothing. Yeah. Also, find out who Max Hedrum really is on the next episode. Yes. Uh, so anyway, uh, all Max Hedrum jokes aside, hmm. trash cinema. Where where do we want to start in this? You you have a very comprehensive, uh, you know, situation put together there. I I, I want you to jump do the jumping off point. I think you mean comprehensive knowledge. You're. Your trash cinema acumen is most impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Thanks, I, uh, Dad. <laughs> I, am, I am super into trash cinema of all kinds, uh, as you probably know from hearing the smut uh, uh, episode that we did uh, last time. Hold yes. on. There, there we go. Uh, so... Anyway, we want to talk about the non-smut ones. Now, of course, 
some of theirs is going to have some spillover. In the Venn diagram of things, there's going to be... Absolutely. Like, trash cinema, like, smut always finds a way to sneak into trash cinema, no matter what the genre is. And that, yeah. that's another shirt. Smut always finds a way. Vital social <laughs> issues. Smut with Chris finds a way. Always like, finds a way. That, I picture that one having, like, the little, like, the more you know rainbow. Yeah, you know, like smut finds a way. Oh, you're you're writing this down. So I bet like, we'll forget, dude. We'll forget. <laughs> Write this down. This is gold. This is gold, Jerry. So, uh, continue. Yeah, there there are many different subcategories of trash cinema uh, that we can talk about. And trash cinema is uh, it isn't something new, and it wasn't even something new uh, in the '70s and '80s, where I think it really reached its uh, zenith. Uh, trash cinema goes back as far as cinema, you know, uh, as yeah. long as there's been a camera to record it. One was recording, you know, uh, girly movies, as you mentioned, you know, like, you know, the girls just dancing in underpants. Uh, and they were also making. These are the Herschel Gordon Lewis nudie cutie films that I was talking about. Right, um, right. To, to, but before we get too, too far down that, I, I was going to say, do you want to give like a kind of a. Definitely. trash definition yeah some some kind of loose something so people that don't yeah, know sure. will kind of kind of have something to g grasp you know right right so um if you don't know what trash cinema is you're missing out big time um some people might think trash cinema is just like you know crazy movies you know like like movies that are big budget but um are like you know like movies like the movie grindhouse you know, nothing against yeah. Grindhouse. It's great. But that's a tribute to trash cinema. That's not trash cinema in and of itself because it's a big budget film, you know? Yeah. Um, Some people also only think that the Garbage Pail Kids movie is uh, it's, it's, the only thing in the trash cinema because well, that is trash. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, because it's it's about trash, you know, garbage. It's about you know, garbage. So, and it know. also manages to be garbage. Uh, but but no, that's not really trash cinema either. Um, it's just it's just terrible. Uh, trash cinema doesn't mean that a movie's terrible. It doesn't mean that it's a throwaway. What it means is that the nature of the movie is trashy. And like I was going to say, um, you know, like they made these movies back in the fifties, movies about like bikers and stuff, you know, like they made these kind oh, of like Jesus, trashy shock movies. Um, yeah. Do you, have shout, do you have shout factory, the, the app, like, uh, do you have like Roku or anything? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that fucking the Shot Factory app has like a whole section of biker movies every month right. that are these exact ones you're talking about. Well, it's yeah, insane how like, many of them there are. There are so many, yeah, because that was a big thing in the '50s. Like that was one of the big counterculture uh, film genres was biker movies. Um, and then like you know, Easy Rider came along, and that was like the creme of the creme of biker movies, and really like changed the whole the whole concept of biker movies. Um, it's a much more than a biker movie. Uh, but anyway, uh, like trash cinema basically means you have a movie that isn't focused on uh, like a powerful drama or anything really cerebral. They're focused on just titillation, emphasis on the tit. Um, okay. Like they're movies that that um, like have gratuitous violence, crazy stories, wacky monsters and special effects, naked girls. Uh, you know, they're just and like and a lot of the time. Uh, you know, like you have those m movies that came out in the like the 60s and 70s, you know, uh, your, your Russ Meyer and your Roger Corman's. Uh, but then later you have like people who wanted to be like those guys, but didn't have the budget. People who made direct to video trash, just like garbage movies where they but they were totally 
unhindered. They were like they weren't like controlled by a movie studio, so they could put out stuff that was really crazy and off the wall and extreme, really gratuitous. They had no censor, you know, yeah. uh, and that's when you get the golden age of trash cinema. All right, so um, I guess to start off, we'll talk a little bit about um, just uh, some of the trash movies. I mean, that's going to be the focus is like we could go into the complete history of trash movies, but we already gave a definition of it. Uh, And if those of you don't know, like we're talking about, you know, you may all still know these as grindhouse movies, uh, you know, or, um, you know, underground movies, cult films. uh, But trash films are very specific type of cult film a cult film could be something like we mentioned easy rider earlier i mean that's a cult film but that's a cult film that really had merit and a message trash cinema does not trash cinema is all about fun and shocks and how can we get as many people to watch this as possible and so they're like well we'll throw in every crazy thing we can think of and afford to do uh, which is usually very little (laughs) it's like the movie it's like the if 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 the Limp Bizkit song, I did it all for the Nookie, were a movie genre, it would be this. Is that correct? You think? Yes, except, except Trash Cinema is, is really enjoyable. Oh, okay. Well, to each his own, you know? <laughs> yes, to each his own. Uh, trash Cinema is, is really fun and a good experience, whereas listening to Limp Bizkit is the opposite of that. That's Shout out to Katie Southerd, Make Me Read Your Book podcast, uh, my fellow Limp Bizkit corn fan uh, friend. You will. Lamp biscuit, rest in power. Um, rest in power. Okay, sorry, <laughs> we lost them this year. I just lost the last one. Yes. Last biscuit has officially been limped. So that's another I bad thing. Like Chalk that up for 2020. Lost I don't it. even like regular biscuits, let alone limp ones. Yeah, no. well, <laughs> too dry. Now, now you don't have to worry about it. They're Thank gone. God. Rest in power. Thank God. Um, all right. So. We're going to talk about some of our favorites. Uh, and again, um, like we just said, I am much more invested in this uh, field than, than Mr. John Wayne is, but he has some trash cinema favorites as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of our favorites. So I was thinking uh, we could kind of go down the roster, and I was going to talk about some that are more considered grindhouse movies, cult films, before I get to the true bottom of the barrel uh, of my collection. Uh, okay. So. What do you think about that? I think that sounds good. I like that. Good. Um, yeah, I, I've written down uh, a few that just kind of uh, what I think span, like span the different areas of, of trash films. But, you know, uh, that's why I didn't want to tell you before the show, because you could very well be like, you are a fucking idiot. I can't believe you think Gremlins 2 is trash cinema. You know, like, <laughs> it's, I mean, I, that's it's a suppose. I'm supposing uh, that that was a thing, you know, so I'm just saying, like, I, I want the true reaction. So these are actually, you know, genuine. <laughs> things. So, you know, I uh, so, yeah, but you are the, and all of this to say you are much more uh, the authority on that. Yeah, you're I am so smart. <laughs> SMRT. Yes, you are. Um, and no, I am and, the authority on oh. this, and you're more the authority on terrible bands like Limp Bizkit and uh, and Rob Zombie and 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 Soundgarden. You're more the authority on that. You know way more about terrible bands. So, <laughs> and I will say that is your opinion, and your right to have it. That's I will fight for the death. 
it's just like your opinion, man. Yeah. So all right, fight you about things like this, dude. I'm not here to fight you. Instead of talking anymore about bands no one cares about, let's talk about trash films, which which no one cares about. Robbing uh, so Peter to pay Paul, you say? <laughs> Pretty much. So I'm going to go ahead and start off with uh, a, a, a classic. Now, this is definitely what we would call a grindhouse film. This is a movie that was not made by just some guy in his backyard. It was made by a production company, but it was a smaller production company. And so they were going for shock value and, and fun and bringing in the, the crazy teenagers. Uh, and this is a little Roger Corman film uh, called... Humanoids from the Deep. Uh, and I actually absolutely love this movie. It kind of capitalizes on the Jaws craze. You know, this movie came out in um, uh, in the early early 80s, uh, or very early, uh, 1980, actually, as I'm looking at it. So, yeah, early 80s. Um, and it kind of jumps on the, the whole Jaws craze. And this is something Roger Corman was known for. Uh, he, he would take... Uh, he would be like, oh, what's the most popular movie right now? Let's do a cheap-ass version of this and fill it with tits. That's really what he did. Yeah, and, and God bless him for it. God bless him indeed. And and weren't these not like um, – these these movies were made like this because they would turn a profit, right? They, because they were so cheap, they were made to, to make money. And that's, that's kind exactly of what right. what that's it that's exactly that was the impetus that was was like driving these to be made at the time. Yeah, correct? yeah. This this is exact. This is like the epitome of drive-in movie. Um, yeah, like you said, it was like okay, we can make this movie on the cheap and turn a profit because you know people, particularly the young people, will go to see a movie with uh, with naked girls getting chased by monsters. Like basically, this movie's like basically like Creature from the Black Lagoon for 1980 you know it's like these these uh, uh fish men that come and attack this small town because they want to mate with human women so yeah. they like attack them and like rape them and it, you know and you know it's all in good fun <laughs> it's just it's insane trash it's and, and you watch it in the theater you watch or you watch it in the drive-in you get all horned up and I jerk you get all off. horned up, and then we have a we have a generation of people out there that have these movies to thank for their existence. I think, uh, all accidentally, but no, you know what? True. You're here. That's true. Like mm-hmm. you know, on top of people like me who go to see this movie and and page Mister Herman, as I mm. call, uh, people would go to the drive-in and they would That's go mostly to get it on, and uh, you know, and like this these movies, you know, the guys would be like seeing a bunch of women's tits, and so that would get them in the mood. And the girl would be see, like seeing these like, oh, these monsters and they're so scary. And so it gives them a reason to like, you know, cuddle up to the guy, you know. And uh, and so, yeah, the, these movies were nookie producers. So, yeah. Um, so that that one is one of my uh, personal favorites of the Grindhouse era. Now, do you have one from that era, or should I go on? Because I, I, you know, I, I have, don't. Uh, what? Uh, I don't know if that's from the, that era, but uh, Terror Vision is that? A, oh, would you consider dude, I, that a trash film? I would. I would consider that a trash film. Yeah, absolutely. I would absolutely, and I do love Terror Vision. Yeah, that movie is uh, obviously uh, filmed. It, it reminds me of um, it, like being on the stage uh on my in my high school theater because the backgrounds are like clearly just 
you know those yeah. those fucking like uh you these, know like beyond like it they're like uh what do they call those like canvases that they would stretch and and yeah, look like yeah. they'd make it look like a wall when you're in a play and right in high right. school and it was right. that like the the doors like i noticed it one one viewing and because i watched it uh i watched it a couple of times recently actually uh and i noticed in the background that the doors are flat just like like nothing and on the back of one of the doors there's a christmas wreath painted it's one of the in interior doors not yeah. like it's like on the outside and it's just open like they burst through or whatever and the inside of it it this and you're not supposed to know they're like yeah no one will notice but i i think that was very deliberate i don't think they were doing it out of budget constraints that whole movie has this kind of aesthetic appeal of being weird and and like cheesy it's kind of almost like a tim burton thing where it's like everything is designed uh for to have an aesthetic uh, effect and i think like that was part of that i think that was very deliberate because i mean obviously they had enough money to film in a room with a real door i think they just decided to know, make man. i really do i feel like yeah. this movie this movie like for those who haven't seen it this isn't a like you know cheap shot on video movie this is a movie that had somewhat of a budget that did come out through a major studio uh or or a studio maybe not a major one but a studio yeah. um you know and um and yeah it, it did and um you know they had enough money for like the, the good special effects of like all the monsters and creatures okay they like, could have afforded a door dude <laughs> they, they could have uh, afforded I mean, a door i don't know it's pretty low budget as far as because they get away with hiding things like the the um you know the the, the parents are but, swingers and they bring that couple home and they get in the pool and they, they have basically like the ooh there's fog all over the pool and you don't see what's going on in there right, but then it's just right. like becomes a head floating or something so right. but uh, you're, but you're, you're probably right what's going on there's supposed to be like an element of suspense to that scene of like what i get happening. it but but there's no budget thrown into that no, they have no, the, but, the but paintings this, this the paintings the are painted onto the wall like no they are <laughs> i really think that's all part of the aesthetic because the whole film has this weird like neon glow to it and like everything mm -hmm. is outrageous like all the outfits that all the characters wear are really crazy like the dad has that swarthy 70s outfit the the daughter has like rainbow hair and stuff like it's all very over the top and bizarre looking um the movie <sighs> is just bizarre in it's and of itself bizarre. It's not presented like it's not presented as just like a like weird monster movie. Like all of the human characters are weird. And so I really believe that like the backgrounds are that way on purpose. Okay. This, is, this is low budget, but this is this is studio low budget. There's a difference between studio low budget and no budget indie productions, you know, either way. It is. Uh, I like it. I'm not. I'm oh, not, I love it. It's great. I'm that, not. That's not you know, even casting aspersions. Yeah, that's not even a debate, dude. That movie's great. I love Terror Vision. Highly great, recommend great soundtrack as well. Yes, lots of fun. Lots yeah. of fun. Um, good. We'll see. That's like ding, ding, ding. If we were like on the Family Feud right now, where they like kept one of us in the the locked up thing, and they bring bring the other one out, like name of you know a movie that the background like i don't know what they would say but we matched on this one dude and yes. that's ding 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 Go. absolutely absolutely next well Keep... do so you like noise from the deep or have you just never seen i haven't it? seen it i didn't think so yeah okay um just wanted to make sure I have so to, I to, to backtrack just a little bit not to go too far uh i did want to bring up another movie and then this is a more well-known uh uh film 
uh, from the whole Grindhouse era. In fact, this is one of those movies that is like considered when you think Grindhouse, this is one of like the top 10 movies you think of. And this is a, a 70s film called I Spit on Your Grave. Of course, classic. It's got a classic, uh, very hard to watch R word uh, scene. It does. It, it does. It. Um, um, and that movie has also been remade by studios modern day. Uh, type they of. have. They've been remade. But who the fuck cares? Who wants to talk about that? Um, let's talk just about skip. this. I'm just giving context. No, you are. You are. They made like more than one. Uh, mm-hmm. They made like two of them. Um, but no, I'm talking about the original from 1978. This was a really a, a, a movie that pushed the boundaries that really um, like kind of like Last House on the Left, the Wes Craven classic. Where it was just like we're going to go full out boss of the wall, and this is one of those movies that really uh, uh, gives like the, that whole Forty Second Street grindhouse experience. Uh, I spit in the grave, which also like I, you know, of course being being younger, I mean, I was born, I was one years old when this movie came out, so I of course didn't see it in the theater, uh, but I remember seeing this this poster art of the girl with her ass hanging out, and like her back is all cut up, and she's carrying the knife. And it's such a tantalizing poster. You know, it says this woman is just chopped, crippled, and mutilated. Four men beyond recognition. But no jury in America would ever convict her. It just makes you want to see the movie so fucking bad, dude. Yeah, because you're like, like, why wouldn't they? What happened? Yeah, well, it's that, but it's also her ass. Like, her ass is so great. And, like, you're really getting to see a lot of it uh, on just the poster alone. So, yeah, it makes you want to see it. Now, like, like you said... There is a notorious scene in this uh, that's very hard to watch. It's one of the most gratuitous rape scenes in film history. Uh, it goes on too long, uh, but it also uh, is somewhat warranted, I would say, because that's why she gets revenge on these guys. And she brutally massacres these guys. The, the kill scenes of her killing these guys are, are, are equally gratuitous and out of control. Uh, it's really an unhinged movie. Um, I think that's the only thing that like that. That's why it gets away with it more than it would otherwise, because she just annihilates. these Sure. Guys. Sure. No, no. Like if it just had this 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 horrible rape scene and then that was it. I mean, like, of course, that that wouldn't credits. Sense. Yeah. Credits <laughs> roll. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, that's not the same thing. Uh, but no, no, she she gets you know, like in. in Tense, crazy revenge. And I mean, the same thing can be said about Last House on the Left of all the stuff that the criminals put those two girls through in the movie. Um, and then it's not them, of course, but it's the, the parents that get the, the crazy revenge. Also a, a great film, uh, Last House on the Left. Uh, personally, I think Last House on the Left is a better film than I Spit in Your Grave, but I Spit in Your Grave, I think, is, uh, I mean, Last House on the Left qualifies as trash cinema, I guess, but I think it's more uh, a more powerful movie. Uh, and so I think that elevates it above trash, whereas I spit on your grave is pretty much just trash. All right, I guess. I mean that in the best way. I love I spit on your grave. Yeah. I mean that in the best way. So yeah. <clears throat> that was a good one, though. I um, do have a few other ones. Like these are ones that are like studio made. The ones okay. I'm talking about. Uh, now I have I have not... one after these two. These ones for you. Okay. Well, these are these are movies that are studio made or at least somewhat of a studio, if, however small. Uh, so I have a, a, a couple of other a couple of other ones that I wanted to uh, talk about. You know, I, mean, I could go on and on with this stuff, as you know, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm sticking right now 
to horror themed ones. Uh, so should I do a few more or do you want to jump in with one? Well, I mean, uh, well, uh, well one that um, I don't I, I think it is, but let me ask you uh, is called uh, Doom Generation. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? It's got Rose of McGowan. Course. Of course. Um, it was the first would, movie yeah. that I saw that broke my brain. I saw that when I was 18 and I, I was I, I saw it and I was like, what? What is what is this, this is a movie? I was with my like in my sweet mate's room. Uh, that was like the, you know, in, in college. Your sweet mates. My sweet mate. They called it a sweet mate because we were joined. Like our rooms were connected by a bathroom, so you called it like your sweet mate. I don't know, uh, but my but like just like for reference, that I had the baddest ass fucking setup, uh, to for campus fucking um living when I was a freshman in college. I only lived on campus then, and we lived in these these things called the wellness houses because they were the furthest thing from campus and like supposed to be for athletes years ago, but no one used them. But like stupid kids like us, and it was like a, a two story like house where like 16, 18 people lived, co ed, two story, and it was badass. Anyway, my when friend did Adam you get to the fireworks factory. We uh, I met my dear friend Adam, and he and he put this movie on, and I was watching it, and I was like, what is this? And I was. It captured my imagination because I didn't know movies could be like that. It is. It, it was truly one of the most bizarre things I had seen yeah. in my life at that point. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and uh, so I, I would consider I that is trash. <laughs> it's pretty I mean, it trashy. Like, it has like elements but... where like she blows off like the guy's head in the convenience store, and you know, six sixty six is the whole title is or the yeah. prices. I mean. Um, no, it's kind of a trash cinema film, film, more as an indie film, but it definitely, it definitely wobbles on the threshold of trash because, like you said, it has the gratuitous violence, it has all the nudity. Rose McGowan when she was fucking at her hottest, you know. Um, Free scream. Yeah, this before, was she, was first, anybody, before uh, she was anybody. Yeah, I, I believe uh, this is arguably her first film that she was yeah. in. There, there's yeah. some like thing that maybe some people try to say there was something else before this, but I think it was her first movie. Um, it's it's cool, like, and it's got like that that other guy in it that reminds me of Keanu Reeves. He's just like, whoa, uh, this her boyfriend's all doofy. And there's also a scene that uh, this guy like jerks off into his hand and eats it. While he's watching these people have sex, and uh, yeah, I was like, "You can put this in a movie? Holy yeah, shit, that's, man!" That, that's where it, that's one of the things where it really uh, lends itself to trash cinema when because it, it has that kind of shock value and that kind of um, yeah. uh, uh, unconventional, like you know, perversion to it. Yeah, that's a movie that I've made people watch with me. That I'm actually like, dude, no, please watch this with me. And every single person's like, "Well, that was a uh, that was a movie." That was definitely so, something put on uh, film. All yeah. right. Yeah. See you later, man. <laughs> well, and, like, tra- uh, like trash cinema. Um, you know, like, like there's the Godfather of trash, which is uh, John Waters. You know, like that's a perfect example of trash cinema in the like what the movies are about, what they feature. You know, like uh, the fucking Pink Flamingos. I mean, Divine actually eats fresh dog shit in that movie. Like, actually does that. It's not stage it's not special effects she really does that like that's trash cinema you know and like to the umpth degree but trash cinema doesn't always have to like have like gross stuff in it it could it just has to be stuff that's like whoa like you said like whoa i didn't know you could even do that in a movie this is yeah. crazy uh or it, it's or it can be stuff like the next one that i'm going to the next couple couple that i'm going to mention yeah, where 
they really were trying to make something that would make money. They really were trying to make something that would be super cool. And it just turned out to be garbage. It just didn't t turn out so well. Um, so the first one I want to mention is, is one that I have a personal love for. And this is Rock and Roll Nightmare with John Michael Thor uh, of the, the Canadian rock band Thor. Fuck. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I went and saw um, Nick P and I went and saw like a thing at the Alamo Draft House. It was called like Mashup something. And that was one of the movies they played. And what they did was cut out everything that wasn't sex or violence uh, from the movies. And like, so you watched like two movies in 40 minutes that were just like cut, 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 cut. And that was one of them. Fucking brilliant. Well, I would say that the whole thing is, is brilliant. Like you can, I watched it. the whole thing. I went back and I paid my dues and watched the whole thing at home. Cool. Well, good for you. Um, I, you. I'm glad to hear that. No, really, I, I am. I'm not trying to be patronizing. I, I mean that. Good for you. Um, but uh, a Rock and Roll Nightmare... Uh, so this band Thor, they were a band before this movie. Uh, you know, they started in the late 70s and they did a bunch of like rock and punk rock stuff. But like the main thing about about Thor uh, was John Michael Thor, the front man. Uh, and he uh, was kind of like he was a professional bodybuilder. He competed against like Lou Ferrigno and stuff when they were teenagers. You know, um, there are pictures of him like with Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff. Uh, so he was this professional bodybuilder, but what he what he really was passionate about too was rock and roll, and so he like did this whole thing where he was like the strongman of rock, where he would put on a rock show, but then he would also like take a a um, hot water bottle and like blow it up, like like, know, like a power team. Yeah, he would like blow it up on stage, uh, and like then he would take like a steel bar and he would bend it with his teeth and stuff, and like people would like like guys would stack. Uh, bricks on his chest or cement blocks on his chest and like break it with a sledgehammer while it was still on his chest. He would do all this strongman stuff while he was rocking out. So it was kind of, that was his thing. You Let know? me ask something real quick. Are they also yeah. known for being like one of the loudest bands? Is that, am I remembering that correctly? No, or that's, that that's Motorhead. Uh, no, it's not Thor. No, it's not um, Motorhead. I mean, I know Motorhead, <laughs> but I thought there was one of these bands from well, like, it's not Thor. from watching like one of the decline of Western civilization films. I thought it was. No, Thor. no, no, it's not Thor. Um, uh, Thor, um, unfortunately, never really took off as a band. They never really made it. Uh, but they're, they're, they're a really fun band to listen to. And John Michael Thor continues to do music to this day. He took a long hiatus for a while. Um, uh, you know, but, uh, but he did come back to it and, and continues to make music to this day. I have a personal story about uh, John Michael Thor. Would you like to hear it? I would love to hear it i think you will so many years ago i was part of a uh a festival that i won't mention by name because i was so uh pissed off with the things that the promoter did but anyway this festival um invited me to do a you know it was a, a rock festival but they were wanted to do a film festival that tied into it now they didn't have a lot of money to do like to bring to get the rights to show big movies like you know because they were the focus was 80s so they didn't have like a lot of money to like get the rights to show back to the future or something but they could afford to do smaller pictures and i was like well great because that's what i would want to show anyway and one of the films that i showed at this film festival that i was the host of was rock and roll nightmare mm -hmm. uh, you know and so what i did is i reached out 
to John Michael Thor and was like, hey, we're going to show this movie. I would love it if you could come out and talk about the movie, sign autographs, whatever. And he was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. I really would like my band to play at this rock festival, though. And so I, I, I had to do a lot of work because the promoter was like, I never heard of this band. No one cares, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck you. It has a fan base. And we did a two for one. This guy would play the fucking show and then he would be here with the movie. It's like a two for one. So I finally talked the, the asshole into it. Um, so I'm uh, I just get to the hotel for this thing. I just get there, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, me and my buddy Diesel shouts out. We uh, we're, shouts out Diesel. We're, we're, we're at the hotel. We just came in and there's a knock at the door and I'm thinking it's the promoter or whatever. And I open the door and there's no one standing there. There's no one there at all. And I'm like, hello. And then all of a sudden, John Michael Thor jumps into the doorway and is like, yeah, he like jumps into the doorway, like doing the fist pump. And I'm like, Thor, holy shit, you know? (laughs) Jesus. Oh, God. For those not watching the video, he just made Thor his background picture. Um He's biting a sword or a, a bar, a, a rebar or something. Bar. Yeah. I didn't know that he did that. But you know what? Now, uh, hearing you um, tell that, that story about... Well, I wasn't uh, done, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say it reminded <laughs> me of, like, uh, we connected over this, like, one of the, the first times that we met when Carrie and Andy left us alone at the table. Um, you talked about this this thing that you were doing, and you mentioned that movie, and I think I told you the exact same thing. Where I was like, "Oh my god, dude! I went and saw that at the Alamo Draft House, and da da da." Oh, and we, then like, oh, yeah, okay. I remember these things, dude. Happy anniversary. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. It's um, our anniversary. Yeah, because you told me about this thing that we're not going to talk name or anything. You told yeah, me yeah, about okay. this thing. Okay, all right. You had a mustache. Anyway, for those, for those, I did have a mustache. Oh, that's right. I showed you pictures. Yeah. See, uh-huh. see, yeah, dude, yeah. I remember things, man. I remember. I remember. Uh, so anyway, um, it was really cool. He like just jumped in and surprised us, and was like really grateful to be a part of the event. Uh, a nicer fucking guy, I have never worked with, and that includes you. He was the nicest fucking guy. He was nicer than me. That's what I, I said. So. It includes you. <laughs> No, really, like the nicest guy I've ever worked with. Really genuine. Really loved his fans. Loved meeting everybody. Um, like I said, the event didn't turn out so good, but he was a trooper and he was great through it. I got to see him perform live, you know, and that was a real treat for me. And he came out and I got to interview him after the movie, and the audience was riveted. And the great thing is, like the people that came out to this, they didn't know Rock and Roll Nightmare. They weren't like B movie fans. And I learned that with like showing because I showed nothing but B movies at this event. Um, and like people were just like, what the fuck is this trash? But with Rock and Roll Nightmare, everyone really enjoyed it because anyone who's seen the movie knows the final 20 minutes of that movie are absolutely crazy and so much fun. Um, so, yeah, uh, and so I kind of stayed in touch with with him since then. And I actually uh, he even blurbed my first book, Growing Dark. There's a blurb from John Michael Thor on the fucking book. I mean, that's how cool of a guy he is. Could we get him on the phone right now, you think, if we called him, patched him in? Nope. Uh, no? Okay. Anyway, uh, moving on. Damn it. That's Rock and Roll Nightmare. Uh, shouts out, John Michael Thor. You're a great guy. And I appreciate all the support you've given me. Um, Rest in power. He's not dead. So uh, I, got an- I got another one that kind of ties into this, because there were a couple of movies that were like this, like Trash Cinema 
and heavy metal kind of joined together in the 1980s, uh, particularly like underground metal, you know, uh, because they were like, well, we can promote the band by doing a movie, you know? And so like that, that was, that was the thing. And also like, you know, the kind of people that watched these trash movies and monster movies were the same people that were into heavy metal. Listen to heavy metal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, they totally were. So here's another one. And don't start passing your judgments because I don't even want to hear it. Me right. or whoever or whoever else. You mean. Everybody else, the royal everybody, not you. You, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't listen to your judgments. You can Why say, would you? No say them does. all you want, you know. Yeah, no one does. Um, so here's another one that a trash film that had to do with heavy metal and came out in the heavy metal era. Yes. Um, this film, and also this film stars my personal favorite porn star, Tracy, Tracy Lords. Lords. Tracy Lords, and don't you dare say rest in power about Tracy. <laughs> um, no, I'm writing down what I'm going to say next, so I don't forget. Okay, this, this is a little film called Shock'em Dead. Wow. Yeah. Shock'em nice. Dead. This movie is borderline retarded. Is that um, is that like uh, the first venture, like where she's trying to blur the lines between porn and le- quote unquote legitimate? Uh, actress? I don't know. If, I don't know if it was her first legit movie or not. Um, but it might have been, but I don't. I don't know. But she's like, she's not like even close to nude in it or anything, which is the one downfall of the movie because the movie is insane and hilarious. Basically, this dweeb wants to be in a band, so he sells his soul to the devil, as you do, and he becomes this great rock star. And it's, God, it's so fucking funny, dude. That like, it's such a gloriously bad movie, uh, and. <laughs> It, it, it just you just laugh the whole time, but you're not really supposed to. Like in the mo- in the scenes where they're trying to be badass, sexy, or really scary, that's when you laugh the most. Uh, so yeah, Shock'em Dead is another one I definitely wanted to to bring up. Um, I highly recommend it to everybody. Um, <clears throat> while we're on the the topic of movie uh, trashy uh, mm-hmm. band metal things. I have one um, that is based on uh, a Japanese punk rock band. The movie is called Wild oh. Zero. The band is called Guitar Wolf. Are you familiar with them? No. Okay, dude. All right. So this is a three-piece uh, Japanese punk band in the 90s. And I uh, I had the absolute pleasure of seeing them play at Red Yards here in Houston before. Like they... Like their guitar player had a heart attack and died, dude, like just out on the road just because fucking his heart just exploded. Like they it was I I have been like Rudyard's is a place. And if you're from Houston, shouts out Dirty Third Third Coast, um, you know, Rudyard's it's it's got it's it's a pretty, you know, central place in Montrose. It's got a lot of different shows that go on there. Grown up story time goes on there. I've played there. In every band that I've ever played in has played at Rudyard's and I've seen uh, every I've seen so many wonderful shows there. But okay. this show was fucking jam. It's one of those things where it's jam packed where we'll never ha- get to do that again, where it's like, you know, where everyone's up on each other. The stage is a step, dude. It's, it, the stage is like, though, you know, eight inches off the ground step up. So it's not like they're separated and they're just three dudes and they're dressed pretty much like the Ramones and they're loud as fuck this room is small and they were just blowing it out and it's just like 
and like that kind of shit. And uh, but it was uh, it was so loud and badass. And they have this movie about them called Wild Zero, where they like play themselves and mm. on this kind of rock and roll adventure and they have powers and they shoot like flames out of their fucking you know instruments and microphones and right. it's i have this do you, i i uh, you haven't heard of this do you think does that qualify as a uh, trash cinema you think i mean i i don't know how popular were they how big was the budget on this thing um it was came out in 1999 uh yeah, but like how like you can tell just from watching it like what the production was on it was this like a big movie where they're a big they would sounds like they weren't a big band no uh, it's um uh, trying to see if this is where the budget actually is um but it wasn't well, but, like a high budget like, movie i mean it uh, sounds like it could be trash cinema. i don't know i'd have to see it to to really know but uh but no that's definitely something you should include in our discussion you know about uh heavy metal movies of the of the era um, I would like to say that there are other movies that fall under the heavy metal horror experience uh, of the 1980s, um, including one by uh, John uh, Fasano, who did Rock and Roll Nightmare. He did another one called Black Roses, and that's a great fucking movie. That's a great, like, cheesy, uh, like, campy horror film about a rock band who comes to town and brainwashes all the teenagers into being Satanists. Uh and yeah. then, of course, there is my personal favorite, which is, which is Trick or Treat, uh, uh, you know, about Sammy Kerr, uh, you know, where he is uh, he's this devil worshiping um, guy, like rock star, and he dies. And then, uh, you know, this kid, like who is his biggest fan, buys his latest gets his not buys. He gets his latest le- latest record before it's released and yeah. he, like plays it backwards. And there's all these messages from him from uh, Sammy Kerr and like, you know, he gets these like satanic powers. That's a great fun eighties horror movie. Great soundtrack by Fastway, uh, a band that was really more, more known for hard rock, but they, they did songs as Sammy Kerr, uh, the character from the movie. And it's a great fucking incredible eighties metal soundtrack. It's fucking flawless. I love that soundtrack. Uh, Tangy loves that soundtrack. She goes off on a Tangy whenever I put it on. Oh my goodness. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's a really great one. Have you you've not seen Trick or Treat? I guess. Man, I I, I think I have, but I'm tr- I'm trying to remember. Well, here's here's a here's a fun thing with Trick or Treat. Now this was I don't say this is trash cinema because it did it did have some star power behind it and everything. Um, it uh, it had small roles played by uh, Gene Simmons as the local DJ and Ozzy Osbourne played a uh, preacher who was on TV talking about the evils of heavy metal. So it was, uh, you know, a little tongue in cheek there. And like the main character, yeah, the main I character, think I've seen it. the main character is played by the same kid who played Skippy on, um, on, uh, uh, family ties. Rest in power, Skippy. Maybe. I don't even know. I think, you know, I was thinking about that. Like how you say rest in power for people that aren't dead. Like how crazy would it be if like every time we, cause we do this show like a week and a half in advance, how crazy would it be? If you said rest in power about somebody and every time you did that, they like died before the show aired. Christopher Triana, let me tell you something. Um, have you ever read uh, a Chuck Palahniuk book called Lullaby? I have. Yeah. Where he sings, where he says the lullaby and then the like, calling song that he sings it in his yeah, head. Everyone and, who hears and it dies. No, no, and... no, no, no one has to hear it. He just says it in his head while he's thinking and, and, of you yeah, and yeah, they yeah, die. Yeah. Yeah. He says it. In each, That's he one. That it. is. 
Thoughts? That's in one of my top. That's in my top five favorite books of all time, because really? it captures my imagination in such a way that if I had that power, I would just kill so many fucking people. Uh, it would be unbelievable. So I think about that. And uh, so if it, if it started to happen via this podcast uh, and we started to hear that that happened, I would be extremely elated. Uh, yeah, come in your pants. It would be uh, again. I would start giving you a list of people like, <laughs> like you please say rest in power about this. Person. There we go. It just be, <laughs> oh, man, that was a, um, that's a, this is our no, it's already a move. That was a, a premise for uh, that was a premise for uh, something. The Oh, the, did you watch the re, uh, relaunch of, I mean, I don't even know why I'm asking you this, but the relaunch of the Twilight uh, Zone, or no. No. Yeah, the Twilight Zone. Um, with Yeah, I watched just the pilot episode, I, and it had uh, Camille Nunjiani, uh on it. He's like from, uh, what is that show? Uh, Silicon Valley and, you know, fucking The Big Sick. Uh, but basically, the the thing the story is he realizes as a comedian anybody he makes fun of on stage dies in real life so he just takes out he so he, once he realizes that he has yeah. that power he starts just like going mad and just killing everybody dude well you know speaking of um speaking of 50s trash films now that's a segue dude it is because because i'm bringing up something that has this a similar plot um there is Good a job. there's a movie and it's called I Bury the Living. It's from the 1950s. And uh, there was this great program on my local Fox syndicate, Fox 35 in, uh, in Florida, Central Florida. Um, they would have this program called Saturday Night Frights. And this shit would start at like one in the morning. Uh, and I watched it all the time when I wasn't out banging hot babes because I was young and cool. Uh, so you so a lot of that show, huh? What? So you watched a lot of that show then, huh? <laughs> Burn. Oh. Uh, no, I'd be like, look, babe, we got to go back to my place so we can watch this while we bang. Um, but anyway, they, they, this show was great because they only showed like horror movies from the 50s and 60s, and they were always obscure ones. They never showed like The Wolfman or, or anything like that. They always showed like these weird, bizarre ones because it was cheaper, uh, I guess, to buy them. Uh, and that's where I first saw uh, The Man with the X-Ray Eyes, which I absolutely love. It's one of my favorite 60s sci-fi horror films. Uh, but they they showed this movie called uh, I Bury the Living. Uh, and later on, like I ended up reading Dance Macabre, the Stephen King uh, nonfiction classic. And he talks about this movie and he talks about The Man with the X-Ray Eyes as well. He talks about a lot of the movies I ended up watching on Saturday Night Frights. Anyway, I Bury the Living. It's about a guy who works in a cemetery and for whatever reason, he decides to, like, start putting certain, like, people buy, like, their plots, you know, ahead of time. Uh, and people still do this. They buy a, a cemetery plot. And uh, to mark them on his map or whatever that he's, like, you know, taking care of the grounds, he would start putting pins in some of these, these graves that weren't filled yet, that people had just reserved the spots. And every time he puts a pin in, that person dies, like, immediately. And so, was, ah, yeah. See. So, yeah, it ties into what we're talking about. Um, and it was, it was kind of a cool movie, but then, like, it kind of cops out, like, or loses loses creativity halfway through, and it just turns into a zombie movie. But, oh. like, the first half of it's really cool. Um, anyway, to continue on, um, I had one more that was almost a... This was, like, you know, one of those, like, 
it is a studio, but it's like a really low budget, like really small studio presentation. Yeah. Uh, and this movie was done by Claudio Fragazzo, also mm-hmm. known as Clyde Anderson. And he mm-hmm. very famously did Troll 2, which yes. is a infamous trash film. A, one of the most beloved, uh, like, so bad it's good movies of all time. Uh, and Troll 2 is worth a mention on this. Uh, but anyway, he did this. He also did um, Monster Dog, which is a movie I should, I should definitely uh, mention on this. Uh, Monster Dog was a trash Italian film, uh, a werewolf movie that starred Alice Cooper. In, in like his only starring role he was the main character in this yeah and it was an italian film and alice was like yeah sure i'll make it whatever it'll make a few bucks no one will see it and because it starred alice cooper and it came out in the 80s it ended up on every video store shelf in america you know and so everyone saw this piece of shit and it is fucking terrible dude it's so bad and yeah. i love it I love it. And I actually have the VHS. It's in a it's in like a hard clamshell. It actually has the legit uh green horror sticker that we all remember. Yeah. Like this isn't this isn't like done like later in nostalgia. This is the actual product from the video store shelf. Where is it? Are you about to hold it up? Do you have I it? I should have pulled it like I should have dug it out of the out of the basement, but I didn't. I just I just thought of it now because I was talking about Claudio Fragazzo. Um but okay. I should have, well, I should have brought. It. But you know what? Most people listen to the show anyway, rather than watch it, so they wouldn't have seen it. But anyway, I have it. Uh, but anyway, that the movie I was going to bring up mm-hmm. uh, is Night Killer. Yeah. And Night Killer was recently re-released by Severin, much to my excitement. Um, well, you probably shouldn't. Uh, most people haven't. It's terrible. Uh, but uh, Night Killer was recently re-released by Severin, as I was saying, and I and I bought it because I had heard about this. Because uh, it's basically uh, Claudio Fregazzo's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Uh, it's basically, this killer is Freddy Krueger. I mean, he's like a burnt guy in a trench coat who has, like, knives for fingers. And it's a, just a, a shitty slasher. Okay, movie. okay. So back up. That could be anybody. Let me get some more details. <laughs> well, I mean... With the exception of Bad Dreams, which is very much known as being the ripoff of Nightmare on Elm Street, I would say that Night Killer is the the runner-up for the biggest ripoff of Nightmare on Elm Street uh, ever. Even though it doesn't really have a lot to do, it doesn't really have anything to do with with uh, dreams or anything. It's just like a a, a thriller about a, a suicidal beauty uh, and an unstable sleaze bag. Uh, and this, and this masked killer who has razor fingers. Uh, yeah. So it, it's just a stupid, stupid movie, and it's a lot of fun, and I love it a lot. Um, so yeah, Night Killer. That's another great example of trash cinema. Before um, we get into uh, the other subgenres of it. I, I wanted to ask. I wanted to bring one up. If Do I, it if I, if I could. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to. Th- think because i don't think we brought this up on the last week's episode but anything's possible i guess um but uh it's a movie it's a little movie called oh, miami dude, Connection. i was gonna bring this one up <clears throat> i've put it as my background if you're watching i was gonna um, bring this one up so we agree on this one then we found dude uh that's 
Bam. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, I'm taking that off because I hate that shit. But uh, yeah, like um, somebody, uh, I'm not going to talk about who showed me that movie on an account, but we, uh, I watched it well, and um, well, real, real quick, not to interrupt, but this would be a good. Do we have... Okay. Okay. Not, no, not to not to interrupt. I'm not gonna let you. I'm gonna speak. I just want to say this is a this is a good segue into another facet because we were talking more about um, horror trash cinema. Okay, let me. We're both horror writers. Both love horror. But before, this is then before horror. we do get into that, then can I bring up just a couple that we don't even have to touch on? No, no, no. We'll get back to that because I have plenty of other horror ones. We can get back to that. But I just okay. want to say we're gonna like if you're gonna bring up this movie, we need to break like we need to break into. Um, action trash cinema a little bit okay because that's what this movie is but anyway proceed sir i mean it's just it's ridiculous it's well we'll it's, say the name of the movie miami connection i'm sorry oh yeah we didn't i know i forgot we miami didn't say connection miami connection and i was i was showing this and the whole time i'm watching it i'm like is this a joke is this a joke movie? Like, is this a Tim and Eric yeah. film? Like, I really, it really feels like a joke. It's that mm-hmm. bad. But it's like a, a rock and roll band that also ha- are karate fighters. Yes. Uh, 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 that's all. That's, that's, that's pretty that's much all you, all need, you need to hear. To like, yeah, that's all you like, need to know. If you hear that and you're not interested, like, you're not going to appreciate then it. Then just actually. walk away. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, it is. Yeah. And they ride motorcycles and, um, uh, yeah, like I don't even know how to describe it. It's just it it, it really is just a a trash masterpiece, and it's filled with action. There's all this karate and 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 like the yo know, ninjas and stuff with like samurai swords, like the whole bit. Uh, but then yeah, there are these bikers who are like playing a rock band. Uh, so and like I too was late to this one. Like this isn't one that I remember from back in the day. Like of the other ones that I mentioned, it came this- out in 2012. No, 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 no. It was it was re-released in 2012. Are you sure? No, I it was it, pretty modern. No, 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 no. This was made in the 80s, dude. So Miami Connection. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and call bullshit on this. Uh, you saying that it was I, from 2012? I was, yelled. I yelled to you when you walked away. I said it's 1987. I was wrong. You were right. Of course, I was right. I, I mean, I know. That goes I without that. saying. Said, Anyone who's listened to this show knows that I'm right. You're right. But you're wrong. Um, you're right. I gave a cursory <laughs> glance. It was re-released in 2012. Yeah, uh, of course it was. I mean, the money behind it. Look at it. Oh yeah. I don't know. Like I'm it. telling you, but, but like like I said earlier, it presents itself where you're like, is this a Tim and Eric movie? It very well could all be a facsimile. Yes, because it's because it's so because it's so ridiculous. It could be a, like I totally get what you're saying. It you could, could be see it that way. So you can see where I'd make the mistake. Also, I know I'm dumb as I, shit. But you can, can see, see where someone make, as dumb as me I, would make I mistake. can see where you would think it was a Tim and Eric uh, Adult Swim production or something. But, I mean, if it was, it's the most convincing one ever made. It's the most convincing uh, 20th century period piece ever. Because, like, every car, every bit of clothing, everything is from the 80s. Because it was made in the fucking 80s. It's actually an, a, a film from 1987. You're right. I said you're right. But it, it only recently... Uh, came back because it's this b-movie treasure that uh was kind of resurrected uh in 2012 yeah so i mean you're right about that part is that like it it got its resurgence in 2012 but no it's absolutely a great example of trash cinema and i'm so i'm so happy that you brought it up and that you've seen it because i was going to bring it up myself uh you know as you can see i've got the fucking special edition Mm -hmm. dvd in my hand right here motherfucker of course 
course. See, that's why I didn't want to talk about any of these beforehand because I wanted to have these nice surprises. Yeah. For the show. Um, Surprise, motherfuckers! Surprise, motherfucker! By the way, I took I took one of my pain pills. Nice. Uh, I'm not supposed to make a mix. Make them. Ah. Make make. I'm not supposed to Robert Mitchum, uh, them with with alcohol. So I'm definitely doing that right now. I've been drinking nice. my Evan Williams because that's what I do with the show. Uh, I tried doing beer and it was just wrong, and I apologize. So I'm doing everything <laughs> the show. But mm -hmm. I, I did take one of my, and this is okay because they're prescription, because I had surgery. It's okay. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm taking uh, my oxycodone. So I'm hearing Inagata DeVita in my mind right now. And John Wayne, as you said before, we used to make out to this hymn. to make out to this hymn. <laughs> is this one of those things that I'm going to have to just cut out tomorrow when you text me, like, all that no. fucking drinking and pill stuff, cut it out? No? Maybe. <laughs> no 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 it's a joke people i'm allowed to take these pills because i had surgery i am you know, not a drug addict like john wayne we're not perfect all right we're not perfect people here uh we're just you know and we're not like as dennis rodman once said i'm not a role model no as, neither are we big time uh no but i always drink when I do this show, milk. and I, uh, so I drink milk. I do drink. I like milk very much. Um, but uh, no, I drink my Evan Williams during the show. It's part of the thing. Like I drink the Evan Williams, you get stoned, and so you basically, when you listen to this show, you've got a totally laid back, cool stoner, and you've got a really angry drunk man. Uh, but right now, because I'm post surgery, you've got. Two stoned guys in a way. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're not. You're not fucking. Uh, what'd you say? You're not drunk and mad all the time, dude. Sponsored by Evan Williams. Yes, thank you, Evan. You by Evan Williams. I love you, Evan. Um, I love you, but I don't love you, Evan, as much as I love John Wayne. Oh, I love you too, man. And that's why I sent I you, you a copy of the Bible. I think our listeners should know. I sent you yes, a copy yes. of the Bible okay. of Filth. Uh, we because, talked about uh, it last week. We were talking about it on the last show, and you got so excited when you started. Like, oh man, that's so fucking cool! And and I, and like, I made a mental note, and I even said it on the show. I was like, well, maybe I'll just send you one, and I did. Well, and it and I I told you it was very, uh, it was a very uplifting, you know, thing. That it, thank you very much. It definitely oh, it welcome, definitely dude. like brightened my day and like brightened my, uh, you know, everything because I, I I I took it out of the mailbox and I was like. You know, when you play that, like, what's in this type thing? Right. So, Forget and I, I, you ordered. I, yeah. bend, I went to bend it and I was like, this is a hard, this is hard. That's, and I was like, is this a, not a book? What did I order? Computer parts? What is this? Right, right, right. Like, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I, I was trying to think, I put it on the table and I went and took a piss and I'm just thinking like, did I order something? I don't know. And then I go back out and I'm feeling it again. And I open it up and I look and it like you just see down. I just saw like the spine and it looks just like a like a notebook, like one of like a, a moleskin or something like this at first. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, did I get a note? Did I order a notebook? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? And I pulled it out and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> and then I like you had those uh, the note in there and I was like, oh, shit, that's awesome. And uh, it's the R. Crumb Bible of Filth. Uh, it's awesome. Um, it's like yeah. a, it's got Bible pages. Uh, I, I have. Yeah. I was reading it on, it on Sunday. We mentioned it on the on the last show, but yeah, it's it's got 
gilded edges and you know, like it's printed on bible paper and it really is a bible but it's a collection of all of robert crumb's uh most sexually deviant comics and uh you were so stoked when you saw that you were like this is awesome and you know full disclosure you were kind of down in the dumps that week and i was like you know what he really got excited by this i'm gonna send it to him because i love him and i love to spread filth and i'm not trying to like by the way, I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back. Like I'm so awesome. I send stuff to friends. I'm not. I'm just like I just love the fact that when I want to cheer up friends, I send them filth. <laughs> it's like immediately followed by a giant rubber fist dildo. <laughs> I'm like, well, then, did you not get that yet? Because okay. it's coming. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's yeah, that's what the note said. <laughs> it's coming. Um. Did, oh, did I uh, speak? Can I tell you? Can I tell a quick story about a rubber fist dildo? Yeah, like it doesn't matter what episode we're doing. Uh, definitely so, tell a story about a rubber fist dildo. Rubber fist dildo. So this, this uh, actually, um, so uh, this, this is a about a uh, bizarro con. This was like maybe like 2015 or 24, 2015, and good old days. Bizarre, yeah, bizarro con in Portland at the at. It's at this uh, hotel called the fucking something. I forget Edgemont or Edgeclair or Midclef. Um, I've been there like six times. I forget Edgefield. 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 Anyway, um, it's during this, uh, you know, Saturday night. They have this competition uh, type of performance art thing called the Bizarro Showdown. And you get like weird prizes. People donate weird prizes. So this is uh, actually the first time I ever met um uh, Carrie and Andy, aka CV Hunt and Anderson Prunty, uh, and they brought uh, and donated a rubber uh, a rubber fist that like it's like a full size replica of the porn star Belladonna's like forearm and fist. It's her actual fist. Yeah, like yeah, it's one of those like you know they make those pussies. Oh no, yeah, yeah, don't no, yeah. They you know, make the where like, oh, like, it's somebody's you know model after mold. Those pussies. Yeah, yeah, they make a mold of of like some porn stars. <laughs> Uh, pussy or dick or China, sorry everybody yeah, yeah. yeah. And in this case it was a fist i it didn't was, know dude, it was way, it, it was it was in a fucking box and like because like rose uh o'keefe of eraser at press was like you know announcing what the what the prizes would be right at, during mm -hmm. the thing and she pulls out this fucking box and it's got this fucking you like life-size rubber fist wow. and carrie had actually written like on the the knuckles like i didn't i thought it came like that but she wrote like hate or satan or something like weird yeah, yeah. the knuckles and i was like oh yeah. oh my god i like i did that was before this was saturday night i had not talked to them yet yeah yeah since thursday when it started i didn't talk to them till after that i like to think that this fist is what brought us together and then they they're like brought to you oh, by cv hunt and, somebody. and like they like everyone looked over to where she gestured and carrie just was like with her with her hand up just like did a wave like a fucking like she was doing the, the rock fist just the justing just, the heavens yeah, yeah she was just doing like that wave and it was awesome and this guy that won it uh was from england so he had to take it back <laughs> like, oh that's customs fantastic. and shit oh that's oh, fantastic. god wow. rubber fists wow. dude anyway that's that's a really good story that's really good. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta remember that next time I talk to them because that's really great. You gonna blackmail um, them or something? Huh? Are you gonna blackmail them with that or? No, I'm gonna yeah. celebrate them. I'm gonna tell them I love them. You know, which is how I end every email. Uh, of course, they've published me before, and every email 
that I send, I say, I love you. I absolutely love you. I love every, yeah, that's how you do every email that you send. I do. I send, I absolutely love you. And then I send a dick pic because that's what people want. It's Dick is a picture of Dick Cheney uh, in his prime. No, uh, that's what you send. I, I send Richard Nixon. Well, I keep it classy. Or I send Dick Miller, actually. Uh, Dick mm. Miller is the one I send to the people that I really like, like Carrie and you. Uh, Dick Miller, rest in power. Um, you probably don't know who that is. I say I send Mick Diller. You, you just don't know that you don't. Rick, Rick, uh, Dick Miller was a character actor who was in many, many films, particularly in the 1980s, uh, including Gremlins and Gremlins 2, which you think is a trash film. No, I love uh, Gremlins 2. Gremlins he was 2. the guy. He played the Mr. The old guy, right? That got creeped out by the gargoyle and shit. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Mister, what was his name? Carruthers or something. Bellwether, some with an F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Yeah, yeah, but he was also in the Terminator and a million other fucking movies. Chopping Mall, West Southard's favorite film. Oh man, you know what? Post. It's fucking. It's a great you bring that up because I, I I followed like a treat a tweet a treat. It was a treat to follow this tweet thread from West where he was just he was just talking about his favorite parts of uh the different shots of chopping mall that he appreciated he really broke it down through like 15 or or, or 27 tweets well i believe that's uh, his next book is uh is all of, it's, it's no it's called shopping apostrophe shopping round uh two apostrophes at the end of shopping and the beginning of round shopping round by wesley southard look for it soon based from on Harper, from hopper collins uh harper collins it's uh, it's Hang all it's, it's a collection of essays, all written by him. Uh, okay, this joke is old. Let's let's go. <laughs> Wes, I love you. You're a good dude. Uh, anyway, um, to get back into, I'm gonna move us along. Uh, to get back into the action trash, I have two other movies that I wanted to talk about on top of Miami Connection, which is pretty much uh, well. I don't know. It, it's it's pretty high up on the list of action trash, along with all the Andy Sidaris films, which I mentioned on the last episode, so I'm not going to get into those again. Um, but there's two other ones that I deeply love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know, you know, where, which one to start with, but I, okay, I'm going to start with this one. Uh, this is a little film by Rogero Diodorato. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's good. Uh, and this is uh, by a, a couple of guys who were also kings of trash cinema. They did many movies, uh, including um, Twin Sinners, Twin Sitters, which is one of my favorite. Twin Sinners? Uh, twin Sitters. Oh. Uh, they're babysitters, but they're grown men. And they're twins. Uh, and I'm cost- talking, of course, about Peter Paul and David Paul, better known as the Barbarian Brothers, because they did a little oh film. Oh my god! They did a little film called Barbarians. You, you know, know, dude, guys that I'm talking about. I, I I do, and I'm starting to see like a very uh, interesting thread trend here. Wow. Through every movie that you seem to bring up, uh, has bodybuilding man <laughs> in it, and I'm uh, you know, and I'm I'm Not it, every that's film? fine. No, it's pretty much everyone, no, and I'm starting fine. to see that like where this all stems from, and I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm not gonna eat a pound of uh, protein per hey. pound, but I'm trying. I'm in the gym. I'm working out. Making those gains, but I just want to point that out. We've hit like a a a, tr- a trend here, you know. Um, okay, I see. So All right, I'm fine. Bodybuilder, and I love 
trash cinema. So anytime that you like to bodybuild, that's fine. Anytime that a bodybuilder made trash cinema, I was happy. You know, movies like you know Destroyer and, and and stuff like that. I was I was always happy. Okay. Anyway, Barbarians, starring the Paul brothers, Peter and David Paul. Um, rest in power. One of them's dead. I don't remember which one it is, though, because they're, I think they're both dead. I think it's safe to say they're both dead. No, no, no. One of them is legitimately dead. Because uh, I remember. One, so... Like Millie Vanilli, he's singing his songs in the park or something. I remember because, because, uh, who I mentioned earlier, my buddy Diesel, he was also a big weightlifter, big bodybuilder. More, and that's why his nickname is Diesel. His real name is Josh, but we all called him Diesel because he was big as shit. He was big. He was bigger than I was at my peak. Did I meet Diesel? Is it, did I meet him in North you Carolina? You did. You met him in uh, uh, Charlotte, Days of the Dead. You met him. Lashes, he showed up. Square head, l- smiles, laughs all the time. Happy yeah, guy. yeah, that's Diesel. Yeah, that's you Diesel. met. Him. You met. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, nice guy. I like him. Don't come yeah, beat nice me guy. up. But, but, like, like even even now, he's still big as shit. Like you saw, he's a big buff guy. Uh, but like back in the day, like he was even more buff. Before he had like a kid and responsibilities. Right. Anyway, so like we were all about any of these movies that had like bodybuilders and uh and were like, you know, like we were we loved Schwarzenegger, we loved Stallone, we loved Charles Bronson, like we loved the big buff guys of the, of these movies. When you say we, who are you talking about? Me and Diesel. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bodybuilder too. And he was more of a bodybuilder than me. Can like I sign was... off. Can we call have him sign? Can we have him Skype in on this or we really should. He really should. Because because here's the thing that, that people don't realize. Uh like these people exist. Big muscle bound nerds exist. Uh Diesel, much like me, like we bonded not just because we were into weightlifting, but because we were into trash cinema. Like he really loves trash cinema. He introduced me to trash films that I had never heard about. You know, and like I'm usually the one that that bombards my other friend with them. Like he was an equal with me. Uh and so uh like we, we bonded big time. But I'm it, never going to make fun or cast aspersions at, uh, you know, someone that's keeping up their health and fitness. Yeah. No, and we, we were big fitness buffs. I just want to say that there's a thread. I'm waiting for the Lou Ferrigno uh, stack that you have coming up that you're about to talk about. I have Lou Ferrigno ones, <laughs> but I'm going to get into all of those. I wasn't going to get into Return to Frogtown, but he did make, he did make some calls. Is that got Corey Feldman in it? Is that no, a spinoff for Lost Boys? But Hell Comes to Frogtown is definitely a trash cinema film that people should see. It stars Roddy Piper. And the sequel, Return to Frogtown, stars Lou Ferrigno. Uh, but I wasn't going to get into those, but I'm glad you gave me an opportunity. I'm glad I did, too. And I'm also glad that I met Roddy Piper, rest in power, while he was still alive, because he was a sweet, wonderful man. And he actually complimented me on my physique when I met him. Wow. Which was huge to me because here's a guy who like I grew up like admiring his physique, you know, with mm-hmm. wrestling and they live and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when I went up to meet him and this was like 11 years ago or whatever, but I go up to meet him and everything and he's like, look at you, man. What you you move furniture for a living? And I was like, oh, my God, Roddy Piper is complimenting my physique. This is the greatest day of my life. And every day since then has been a disappointment because that was so, so Did awesome. You- Including Did he slip you the ski, told you like, hey, see up there, 702, and then you What's went that? up there. Did he slip you a key and was like, seven, <laughs> like whisper here, and like you go up to the room, but like, every, no, like something no. came already, so you No, knew, he did like, not. You know, because happen. like, 
And because you're not a not a bodybuilder, you don't understand the brotherhood of bodybuilders, where it's not a gay thing. But of course, I'm not saying it's a little gay early thing. men like you try to make it a gay thing. I'm not. But, I, but I, guys, I, do, I do have friends that have uh, or, and people I know who have been like seriously into bodybuilding, well, such as I'll yourself. Tell you this when I went when John Thor jumped into my hotel room, oh, <laughs> which I mean, sounds gay, but wasn't. Uh, Diesel was there. And, uh, and like we, the three of us, like immediately we're like talking about muscle because we're both Stop. like, let me make a mark so I know where to edit this out. <laughs> no, uh, don't you dare. <laughs> this is a great story. Like when, when John Michael Thor jumped in, Diesel was in my hotel room because we did the drive down together. He was like helping me out with the film festival. Mm -hmm. Uh, not because he was in my room because we were naked or anything. It doesn't matter. That's, don't. I mean, we, we were, but that's not why. Nope. Uh, that you story. Uh, but, no, <laughs> but no, um, uh, Thor jumps in and we're and he and like he immediately is like, wow, you guys are really muscular. You guys are really built. And Thor, even though he was older, was was like had these huge arms and everything. And so we immediately start talking about like bodybuilding with him. You know, it was so fucking funny. Like that was immediately the conversation. I'm sorry. So anyway, the way it's just like it's just not. Anyway, contact. I mean, like intent and context. We have to hear it because I don't know the way you're telling it. It doesn't sound too good, dude. It sounds like he I don't jumped care in the room, put his arms good. around you guys, and was like, "Hey, you guys are pretty built." And you were like, "You've got big, powerful arms, Thor." And he's this like, "Let's all take a shower." And then, like, that's it. You don't remember anything? No, because no, because this is the thing. No, this is really the thing. Like, and like little girly men like you always try to turn it into a gay thing because you're so jealous. I'm not uh, trying turn it into a gay you're thing you're super jealous or, and so you try to turn it into a gay thing but no guys who are like really into weightlifting bodybuilding like you know either they're the either they're the dick who is like oh you're like like fuck you you look like shit you know like or they're the like the supportive guy who's like fuck yeah man you got like massive gains like you're looking fucking awesome and like thor was the genuine article wasn't the nice guys i ever met and so like immediately we started talking about bodybuilding because like it was obvious that we were all bodybuilders do you think that he listens to the show today? No, probably not. Would you probably. send him a message and say, "Hey, check out the show, Thor"? We're I will, I will, I will, I will message him and let him know, because uh, because Thor, like, dude, like he's really a genuine guy, and he continues to make fucking rock music. He's a total innovator. I love him, dude. Like, he's really awesome. I think it'd be good for you guys to catch up as well. So invite him to come no, on. No, the show. We, we keep in touch here and there. We keep in touch. Like even when like my first novel came out, like he 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 blurbed Growing Dark, my my short story collection. But when the Root season came out, he like promoted it on all of his like social media and stuff. He's just a genuine good dude, man. Like he he is. He's awesome. I can't wait. But anyway, to... I was going to talk about the Paul brothers, Peter and David Paul, who are also bodybuilders, who were in a movie that was written by uh your your boyfriend Quentin Tarantino. Oh uh, la la. But they were cut from the film. They were originally in. Um, good cause. They were they were originally in Natural Born Killers, but the scene was cut. Like it just ended up on the on the the scrap floor. Uh, where there are a couple of uh, bodybuilding brothers who, uh, Mickey and Mallory get the 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 upper hand on them and and cripple them for life. And they're like in wheelchairs, but they're like we still respect them because they got the psychological edge, just like Schwarzenegger did. On Lou Ferrigno in Pumping Iron and blah blah blah, you know. Uh, this awesome. is yeah, it, no, it's a it's a fun. Scene. Is it available in the director's cut? I hope it is. No, no, no. It's a, yeah, it absolutely is. Like you can see it in the in the 
I, I don't know if they made a director's cut, but it's in the deleted scenes of the special edition or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Barbarians, starring the Paul brothers, also known as the Barbarian brothers because of this film. Basically, this was wow. uh, this was a trash film because it was just like, well, you know what? We're a small studio and Conan the Barbarian just came out and Conan was a big success. So if one Conan works, why wouldn't two Conans work? And so that's what they did. They had these professional bodybuilders uh-huh. play the Barbarians, these two brothers. This movie is a gem, dude. This is such a wonderfully bad film. Uh, I absolutely love Barbarians. And I, I, I want to say for the people at home that are not watching the uh, video, on the cover of this movie, it, it's just two identical uh, hunks of guys that are jacked as shit posing their arms basically they don't look like a like they're a barbarian really they've got tank tops on do no they don't Uh, nothing on except they have nothing on except loincloths oh okay uh my eyes deceived me then they're holding a shield (laughs) but it's like but they're totally flexing you're right yeah it's it's just a flex cover and and they're shaved and oiled up (laughs) of course they're glistening dude off that cover did that come with like lube glisten oil or whatever come with lube if you want to live uh no it's uh, but but like even though like you would totally think it'd be a gay porn from the cover it's not it's actually like a it's actually like a sword and... from your mouth to god's ears a sword and sorcery movie okay. uh, and it also stars um it also stars trash cinema uh veteran uh michael berryman uh from the hills have eyes he's in yeah. it as well good um like, we totally need to hang out it. and watch The Barbarians, dude. Like, this movie, like, the, the copy I have is actually a bootleg because, shockingly, it's never been released on DVD or Blu-ray, which is a sin. Like, you'd think that Severin or Vinegar Syndrome or at least Video Nomricon would pick up this fucking movie. Uh, but no, they haven't. And it's a damn shame because The Barbarians are great. And they made a bunch of other movies... Uh, like Big Trouble and um, uh, uh, Twin Sitters, which I mentioned before, and a slew of other terrible movies that are all hilarious and worth seeing. Uh, well, so well you hear that? that Severin and Vinegar Syndrome and, and the other one, Necrocomicon. You guys are on notice. Videonomicron, which is a stupid name, but yeah. Barbarian, Twin Barbarians, we want to see it. We want to see them, the Paul Brothers. We want to see the 4K edition. I want to see those we glistening. We do. Oiled up gentlemen, barbarian fighting, and blind me from the science that I'm seeing. They blinded me with chest oil. (laughs) Uh, That's very Uh, interesting. So since since you already called me out on the whole bodybuilder thing, I'm going to mention another trash film with with a bodybuilder in it. (laughs) Okay. You don't say. And uh, this also ties into that event that I did. This is, I'm starting to see, like, you know, 12 episodes in. Here we go. We figure it out. Lucky dozen. Figure it out. Yes. Anyway. Okay. I may have talked about the Pryor Brothers before on my on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pryor Brothers did a bunch of films together. Uh, one of them I'm going to bring up, uh, another one I'm going to bring up in a little bit, but they did Killer Workout uh, and uh, several other uh, and I know I brought up Killer Workout on the show before. You did. You did. Yeah, you showed yeah. the thing. We uh, looked at it. But anyway, Ted Pryor 
uh, you know, like the director, David Pryor, was the director Ted Pryor starred in most of the films. And these brothers made a lot of trash cinema. They, like, anything they made was trash. Uh, yeah. But like in the 80s, particularly, they made a lot of trash cinema. And I'm going to get to their origins a little later. But the movie I want to talk about right now is a film that is just as notorious in like the so bad it's good scene as The Room or um, Troll 2. And the movie I'm talking about, of course, is Deadly Prey. Deadly Prey. Deadly Prey. What is What happens in that one? Deadly Prey is basically, it's kind of like the barbarian thing where like a small studio was like, hey, you know what? You know what's popular? Rambo. Let's do Rambo only uh for ten dollars uh and so they made <laughs> so they made this cheap version of uh, but it's kind of like uh it's kind of like the the deadliest game you know that famous story uh man yeah hunting man hunting man yeah basically they get this guy uh who was like the most badass guy in vietnam this total rambo guy right. uh and then like you know but he's like you know at home now he's no longer in the military and they kidnap him to hunt him for sport uh and of course in an ironic twist see you, you're pulling up the backgrounds in an ironic twist he can move it go ahead in an ironic twist uh he the main character uh it turns out that uh the guy who's in charge of this hunting crew was the guy who trained him so it's just like there's this great moment where it's like, uh, he's like, "Did you say Dalton? Yeah, you know him. Know him. <laughs> I trained him." Is know? it like a total Martha moment, like the like Batman v Superman type thing? Like, is it that? No, it's 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 exactly what I said it was. Uh, if you were listening instead of searching for Batman, I, I was. It sounds like it's like a Martha moment. Anyway, it's it's a great uh, Rambo ripoff, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> And this the, this was another duo that I really wanted for that that film festival that I did. Uh, and I and, and as it turns out, when I reached out to them, I initially wanted to do Killer Workout because that's the most '80s themed one that they have. Uh, but uh, the Pryor brothers were like, "Well, we don't actually own the rights to that. Sony owns them, so it's a whole thing." But they were like, "But we recently made a sequel to Deadly Prey," and I was like, "What?" and they were like yeah and i was like what and they were like yeah um it's because deadly prey had been doing like the cult film circuit they'd been like touring with the movie because it's so celebrated as being like this great so bad it's good movie because it is it's hysterical dude um and so anyway uh they had this new one called deadliest prey and they're like we would really love to to, to do this and so i hosted the first ever theatrical screening of deadliest prey before no. it was even released yes i did Deadliest prey too you mean no it was no deadly prey and the <laughs> called the film's called deadly prey and the sequel's called deadliest prey oh, gotcha 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 okay sorry yeah sorry. yeah pay attention i am uh, dude and so anyway uh yeah so uh initially i was wanting uh david Pryor to come out but he had health help problems and stuff uh and so ted Pryor. The star of the, the the series came out, and he and I became buddies. Uh, we had a lot of fun during the event, and did a lot of drinking behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a, a real hoot for me because I was like, "Here, here I am with Ted Pryor, 
who's been in so many like B movies and that I love. And he turned out to be like a generally awesome dude. And we had a great time and, and we're still buddies to this day. Uh, but uh, not to name drop. But anyway, let's give him a call right now. Can we call him? We, we should. We should. Uh, just to prove that I'm not making this up, that I, I have this kind of star power. I don't think you're making this up. I know you're not. I know you don't. Uh, but no, Deadly Prey is a movie you should definitely check out. And Killer Workout is a movie you should check out. And yeah. funny enough, and I'm going to get into Amazon a little later, uh, but Amazon has both is streaming both of these movies right now, which is incredible. Like, these are movies that I had to buy bootlegs of back in the day because they were impossible to get any other way. Now that yeah. they've been gotten official releases through uh, Slasher Video, I totally bought those releases because I only buy bootlegs when I cannot possibly support the actual films, uh, when there's no other way to get them. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. You're one yeah, of the good ones, um, too. But, but Amazon Prime is like a treasure trove of trash cinema. They really are. And it you really... Watch, dude, you could... I'm sorry, you, I second that. You could find so much crazy shit on Amazon Prime. You can, more uh, than anything else, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, you right now you can watch Deadly Prey or Killer Workout uh, if you want just hilarious trash cinema. Both those movies I highly recommend. Highly recommend. Killer Workout is more of a slasher film. Deadly Prey is more of a one-man army film. Um, and I, I, was, I was kicking myself because we did that one-man army episode and I didn't bring this up. But I'm glad I saved it to talk about on the trash cinema. Uh, and one more quick thing. I actually have a poster of Deadly Prey. And this isn't some recreation. This is a poster that was actually printed up by the production company back when the movie came out. Uh, and uh, on top of having Ted Pryor out, I also had uh, David Campbell came out to do this film premiere. And he was the villain in both films. Uh, and so he came out, you know, kind of became buddies with him, too. And uh, he, after the after the event, he went into his shed and like dug out a poster for Deadly Prey and mailed it to me, like as a thank you for having them out for the film festival. <clears throat> but before he did, he and Ted and uh, Fritz Matthews is also in the film. They all signed the poster for me, and so I have it framed. It's in my house as we speak. Uh, it's one of my prized possessions because it's an actual poster from the '80s. It's not just a recreation, and it, and they all signed it. Uh, so that means a lot to me. So thanks, Ted and Dave and Fritz. Shouts out. Shouts out. Rest so, in power, guys. Um, I say that. And uh, I, I, so uh, I don't know where we want to go from here, but I do want to bring up one that I think we probably both would want to talk about. All right. Uh, that can be my last one if we want. And that's a movie called Street Trash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. That's and a good example. Uh, yeah, and um, I actually had not. I have a weird connection to this movie because I had not seen this movie um, until recently, like in the last few years. Because when uh, my book Scummer came out through Grindhouse, Carrie did that cover that's on it, and she was like, "I want to do this watercolor, like this painting that is like, have you seen the movie Street Trash? I want to like kind of capture the colors and shit." And I was like, "I have not seen that." And I, but I was like, but I, you know, whatever, he sounds good. And she was like, go with it. And I got, I ordered the Blu-ray immediately. And uh, then I watched it several times and it's, yeah, it's great. very good um, and insane great. and crazy. That's and a great example of, of trash cinema too. Uh, Cause it's, low it's right there in the name, dude. It says trash right in the name. It lets you know, yeah. but no, I mean, it's a low budget movie and it like totally pushes the boundaries of what's acceptable in cinema 
Uh, no, that's a great example. And, you know, like to build off of that, uh, you have, you know, trauma, which we should mention as well. Uh, now, personally, I've never been that into the trauma brand, blend of humor, brand of humor. Uh, but they definitely are champions of trash cinema. Uh, Lloyd Kaufman is definitely like one of the kings of trash cinema, uh, which started all off with uh, Toxic Avenger, but moved into Terra Firmer and Tromeo and Juliet. And there's this long, long list uh, of trash cinema and they continue to make to make trash. And uh, and I love them for it. Yeah, uh, some trauma films leave uh, a lot to be desired, but um, some of them are pretty decent. Uh, I think that they have their like pretty <laughs> their following. I've seen they I've have seen a huge from, following. A they huge have a huge following. following. I know that they like I've seen the from the good ones to like the absolutely. Sh- I have some I have some real as you would say stinkers. Uh, DVDs well, yeah, that from Troma yeah. uh, that I ordered directly from the website. Geist and and Redneck Zombies. This is way worse than that. Those are good. <laughs> Those are good ones. I have I have like like uh like me and my uncle Vinny shot this, and uh, you owe us a favor, so right. Put him in the movie and then put it and put it out like that kind well, of movie, dude. I have movies like that that I'm going to bring up in a minute, and I love those movies. So I don't have a problem with it. But... All right. I hope not. Um. So I don't know what that was. Uh. So I'm just going to move on to the next topic. Sure. The next segment, uh, or the next uh, category, I was going to move off into until you, unless you have something else you want to add. You said street trash, and that's where we got onto this. All right. Did you want to say any more about street trash? No, that's cool. Um, I just want to say we're at two two hours and twenty minutes, right? Ish. So, so I just want to just make that aware. Moving that, on, that we keep. I'm not. I'm going to cut this out, but I'm just saying, like, uh, no, no, I start, know. We need to start Moving bringing on. it into. We also like, have uh, like those long pauses for me taking an hour true. to pee. Yeah, and that's right. Going away. So right. we'll You're cut right. those. We'll You're cut right. those. You're right. Um, so we're then, about to. I, I deliberately, I deliberately left these categories like sparse because i could go on and on i have an enormous pile of trash cinema um so i want to save the best for last so i i just want to do a couple of foreign trash cinema okay uh, if we can get into that a little bit Uh, i'm going to start start off with one uh that uh, i also was uh late to finding it was one of those like treasures and here's the thing what is the thing here's the thing john wayne um I think a lot of us like that are of a certain age rediscovered some of these trash cinema titles because we all love 80s horror so much. We grew up with 80s horror, but a lot of us saw mostly the mainstream 80s horror with some of the trash horror interspliced. Mm -hmm. Uh, And but like as we get older, we still want 80s horror and you can't recreate it. People try. Uh, with shit like Stranger's thing, Stranger Things and stuff. And it's like, well, just because it takes place in the 80s doesn't make it an 80s horror thing. Uh, and so we started to scrape the bottom of the barrel, you know, like just trying to find any horror movie that was made in the 80s. And that's how a lot of us got into, tr- really got into trash cinema. Uh, and so this is a perfect example of that. Uh, <clears throat> this is a movie which has one of my favorite titles for a movie ever. Mm-hmm. This is called I bought a vampire motorcycle. <laughs> no, it's not. 
Yes, it is. No, it's not called that. <laughs> this is a a a film from the UK. Uh, and it's called I. Ah, Bought it's called I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle, filmed by Dirk Campbell. And any movie by a guy named Dirk is a movie worth seeing. Uh, and I'll just I'll just give you the premise real quick. Give me the premise, please. Give me you the need premise. it. You need it. When a sat when a satanist biker is killed by a gang of hell's angels, an evil spirit he was summoning possesses his old Norton Commando motorcycle. Yeah. So when unsuspecting local courier Nick Naughty Adi becomes the bike's new owner, little does he know that it runs on blood and has a habit for killing hell's angels and anyone else who gets in the way. So yeah, this is a a motorcycle that is that only runs on blood. <laughs> Can I ask one question? I, I think that yes. I want to make sure I got it right. So it the guy is killed, uh -huh. and his motorcycle becomes possessed by the demon that he was possessed by when he was alive. Kind is that of, what yeah. you said? Yeah, yeah. Like basically, its owner. It's not like him. Yeah. Well, it's not it the owner. It's, it's it the demon that possessed his owner now. Is that is that what I heard correctly? Am I mistaken? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Like <clears throat> he was trying to summon this demon, and because he dies, the demon doesn't have a body to go into, so it goes into this motorcycle. Gotcha. See, so it's like it's you know what? It's and the classic this, story. This is kind of like a Shaggy it's... Da. This is like a you know, it's, it's... It, it kind of is. It, you know, it's whimsical a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's a little whimsical. It's I a like very this. whimsical movie. This yeah. is a feel-good film. I bought a vampire motorcycle. Like a Herbie the Love Bug thing, you know. It's like that, only really good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I highly recommend that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right, I'm, I'm going to cut some of these out because I know we're running long. Um, I'm going to just focus on some That's of the... Real... Said. Ooh. Um, the next one I'm going to bring up is a German film. Uh, and this is like a great example of why the Germans seem to love my work because my work is brutal and disgusting and twisted. Uh, but they made, this, they made this movie. So um, no matter what you have seen, you have never seen anything like The Burning Moon. I haven't seen that either. You need to see it. This movie is so sick and so twisted. Who has put that out? Like, is that a. Uh, yeah, it was re released by Intervision. Okay. Uh, which which put out the best of the best, uh, including some of the other films I'm going to bring up. Uh, but yeah, this is this is one I saw later on uh, because I had read about it so many times in like all the trash cinema forums, um, and it is really brutal and really depraved. Like this movie is sick, dude. Um, yeah. And it and it was shot all on video, uh, which which makes it all the more impressive. It was made in uh, 1997, but ah. shot on video. Uh, so, out. like, shooting on video was kind of inexcusable by 97, but they did it anyway. Like, shooting on video in the 80s was, like, a thing, but uh, but uh, but in 97, it was kind of like, okay, what? But they, they did it, and uh, the movie is super sick and twisted, but there is this particular scene, uh, and it's the hell scene uh, near the end of the movie, where like it all takes place in hell and they don't do fire and everything's red and there's people in like with pitchforks they just show a, a world of constant torture it's just people being brutally tortured and ripped apart and it's so graphic and it's so fucked up and it just goes on and on there's no dialogue it's just like torture and like monstrosities and depravity 
And it really makes the movie, is what I'm saying. It's the best part of nice. the whole movie. But the whole movie is sick and twisted. The Burning Moon, if you haven't seen it and you're a Splatter fan, you're depriving yourself. I highly recommend you buy it immediately. Hey, dude, have you ever seen a movie uh, called Gutter Balls? That's a oh, Canadian yeah, I movie. I love Gutter Balls. Ryan Wilson, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, uh, I've only seen that. Okay, so when uh, I was in one of the bands I was in, because I played, I played at this place with a couple of bands that I was in in San Antonio. There was this bar called Zombies, and it was like this metal the- horror themed bar. Uh, you know, it's just like it was very cool in that, like, I had like all these Texas beers. The owner was awesome. I'm, it was, but it was like, it, it was like, uh, I don't know, it was this horror theme, whatever deal. And, uh, um, I like they had TVs everywhere that would be playing horror films like that, that were just like going on. And we were there one day, like one time, like, you know, you have to load in ridiculously early and we were on the road or whatever. So we, we were there and we're just sitting there drinking a beer and I'm watching this movie. I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? And I like I was I only got to see it like in kind of like passing, you know, right. uh, See like things as I went, because I would get to sit for a little bit and then I'd have to move and do something. And I was like, I got to find this fucking movie. It was crazy, Uh, but I couldn't find it so much like I'll put a call out, you know, much like the guy that, you know, shouts out homie who sent you the driver license to drive video. If anybody has this gutter balls thing, it's hard to find. I cannot find it. I know I have it. Um, I absolutely Could you send it to me. I'll, no, sure. I'll see if I have don't a way do to do it. Don't it. do it. No, no. It, it's, it's hard it's to find. Recently, no, it's recently been re-released uh, by a press that puts out extreme horror. I'm trying to remember the name of them right now. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'll a send press it. or a, mo- a movie. No, like an actual like. No, no, like like it's like a company like Severin or oh, okay, uh, okay, or, or 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 something like that. But I forget the name of them. But they put out only extreme horror pictures. Uh, and yeah, they put out. Or they recently put out Gutter Balls. I have an older DVD of it, uh, put out by somebody else. But uh, it's but a no, Canadian I know. Film. No, it is a Canadian film, so it does fall into the foreign films that we're talking about. Uh, but yeah, it's by Ryan Nicholson, who made a lot of uh, sleaze films. Uh, and you know, like we were mentioning with I Spit on Your Grave, the rape mm-hmm. scene, like the rape scene in fucking Gutter Balls, is equally brutal. Like he clearly was trying to uh do i spit in your grave only with a bowling pin uh so it's pretty fucking awful but that movie is great that movie is such a great throwback and it also has a score that's done by stephen moore who does film scores now for bigger films like you recently did vfw but he's also a member of zombie from zombie fame and they were Uh, one of the first like synth synth bands that kind of redid or or not redid but like took um inspiration from the john carpenter goblin stuff uh from back in the day and and like the the stuff has changed a lot since then they're more new age but they originally like their stuff was all like horror horror uh reminiscent um so yeah i'm definitely a ryan nicholson fan rest in power because he is actually dead um Rest in power, and I guess I didn't say what this movie was about. It was it's like a slasher type thing, but happening in a bowling alley. In a bowling alley. and it, the fucking slasher, dude. He, the he has a bowling pin head and shit. Like, no, 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 he does not. No, he does no, not. Doesn't. He, he has a bowling bag as his head, like as his. That's mask. It, yeah, like I knew it was something crazy. He keeps bowling ball in. It's so fucking funny. It's great. And for the longest time, they were gonna do uh, uh gutter balls too. Uh, balls deep was the name of it. Uh, and they were gonna do it. 
uh, but it, like you just didn't live long enough for it. Um, as far as I know, I don't know. Like maybe they made it and just wasn't released yet. But as far as I know, it's just you know he he died uh, young. So um, anyway, speaking of Canadian, uh, that brings us to our next movie, and I know you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a little film called Things. That's right. Things. That's right. Is a masterpiece of trash. Oh my god. Uh, I mean, prepare to have your mind blown out of your fucking ears as if you were shot in the mouth with a shotgun. You watch this fucking movie and it it is something else, man. I mean, like it really is. That's a one way to put it. It is something else, man. God bless Barry G. Gillis. Uh, He made this movie with nothing more than a power drill and a mullet and a really thin, greasy mustache (laughs) that he had. That's all you need sometimes. Yeah, but somehow, somehow the motherfucker managed to get Amber Lynn in the movie, famous porn famous star, porn star. Of, from the of the time, because this movie was made in '89. So I guess I guess she was, you know, uh, like she was more of a porn star in the early '80s. So I guess this was later in her career. But they managed to get her in the movie. No, she does not get naked or anything cool like that. She plays a fucking newscaster of all things, and you only see her presenting these news stories that have nothing to do with the movie at all she's just like in other news blah 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 they just keep cutting to her and has nothing to do with the main plot of what's going on i would wager to say that nothing in the movie has anything to do with uh the plot with anything it really like they they keep cutting they'll use like the same footage of like the guy like filling up his beer bottle with water and just like have different dialogue it reminds me of something that uh, a friend of mine whose name I won't mention and I used to make when we were younger on uh, on like uh, vi- like on the video cameras that we had. Like st- it reminds me because, just because of you were that. Rich, rich and you had those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, you know, like I, you know, and I have plus I had a lot of like short uh those short suits outfits and i could you yeah. know, have have them made for everybody in the, and in a lot the of cast. gold coins that you could flick at people to star in your movie yeah and we did yeah we made stupid movies like that for sure and it reminds me of exactly that where you're just like <sighs> i think it, it it has the feel as if they're editing this together between two vcrs no no not... and, and you know what you're not you're not wrong with that because uh this was made in 89 and it was the first Canadian shot on Super 8 uh, movie uh, that was, excuse me, that was made for the VHS market. Uh, and, and excuse me, God, I got the, uh, got the uh, Evan Williams burps here. Um, but during the whole VHS boom in the 80s, uh, and I may have touched on this in another episode, but fuck you, you're going to hear it again. Um, video stores, uh, like they were so fucking popular that but like it wasn't it was the type of thing where like big studios and stuff weren't aware of how popular it was right away you know they're like ah, oh, this is some new novelty thing like vcrs whatever but people were all about watching movies in their home and were so excited that they could rent a movie and watch the whole thing uncut all the gore and all the titties in it and uh so it was like that whole boom really took off and all these mom and pop video stores were so desperate for titles because people would just want to rent a new movie every fucking weekend and big studios weren't pumping them out and so that gave a platform to all of these underground filmmakers all these people the you know like like you know the prior brothers and people like that who wanted to put out movies they managed to get them like under the radar 
uh, not produced like and not shown on a big screen, but like put direct to video stores. And people like Barry J. Gillis, who made things, managed to sneak in and do this as long as in typical trash cinema tradition, as long as the film was like outrageous and shocking and would attract audiences because it had boobs and gore and whatever else uh it, it managed to make it and uh and things is a true masterpiece of splatter uh it's it's gory as hell uh but as you said it it, it is a t- terrible nonsensical story that goes nowhere it, it really doesn't i mean like uh and this is another one that also was recommended to me by carrie aka cb hunt carrie loves things and uh i got it I was like, all right, cool. And I ordered it and I got it in the mail and I was like, cool. I got things. I'm going to start it. And uh, she's like, "Uh oh, enjoy. I get like six minutes in and I, and I just text her and I was like, what the fuck do you have me watching? Yeah. And she just texts me back in all caps. I want to have your baby. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh my God. Cause one that's the in the opening scene. The I was like, oh, yeah. Jesus one of the great lines Christ. I, you know, the funny fact about, about that scene is, uh, there's a scene like where, where like there's this woman wearing a devil mask and uh and like she's taking off her clothes and uh and like the guy is like seeing her and he's like I want you to have my baby and and it's just a stupid funny line but the the fun fact behind that is they wanted someone they wanted a girl to be topless in the movie now again this is shot on super 8 this movie is made for no money uh, the girls, any girls they got involved in this knew they weren't going to get rich off of it. Uh, and so they needed a girl to take her top off in the movie because they wanted boobs in the movie. You know, like yeah. any good movie has boobs in it. And so what they did is they found a prostitute right off the street. This is true. They found a prostitute. Sex worker. I, whatever. They found a prostitute uh, and they were like, Hey, we wa- we're making this movie and we just want you to take your top off. And she was like, well, okay, I'll do it, but I don't want to show my face. Mm-hmm. And that's why the chick is wearing the devil mask in the scene. Yep. And they never explain why she's like, they never explain it in the movie. Like why she's, she's just this chick wearing a devil mask. And the guy's like, I want you to have my baby. And she starts taking off her clothes. And like, and that's, and that's it. She's a, she's an actual hooker. They found off the street. And you know, like, it's just that kind of innovation is what makes trash cinema so fucking great is like you had these people with like with no means and they like creatively found a way to make the stuff happen uh and so you know i love them for it but but things is really a a hilarious so bad it's good movie and it it has some excessive gore in it too yeah it really does it does um even on the cover, you know, Barry's holding a a power drill, and there's like a dead guy in a wheelchair. It I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Just like the movie, the the, the poster makes no sense. Yeah, um, it's uh, that that's one. That's almost like that's the crown jewel of, of almost of it like, is. It really truly is. Yeah, it, it's really like right at the top. <clears throat> that's a great bad horror movie. Um, but uh, but it still falls under the category of um of uh foreign because it's canadian Uh, i have one more in the foreign field before we move on uh and this is uh a french film that i was recently introduced to by mr scott cole uh who's also 
shouts out. He's also a horror author, also published through Grindhouse Press. Um, and uh, he's a big trash cinema fan as well. And uh, he brought this one up and I messaged him and I was like, dude, I need this. And he's like, okay, don't read anything about it. Like the less you know going into it, the better it is. Yeah. And he was right. And uh, the, the the original title is Ogroth, uh, but it's also known as the oops shit. It's also known as the Mad Mutilator. Yeah, I've yeah, seen that. Baby. Um, you have not seen this movie, have you? No, seen no, it? I've seen the no push. Hold it up again. I've no seen that cover. Seen no one has seen the. Well, you probably saw it because, because you showed it to me. It. The other night, or because he posted about it on on Facebook, and that's when we start talking about it. So that's probably you sent me. You sent me a picture of it. I'm watching. Yeah, it. I sent you a clip of it actually. But you yeah. sent me the picture too before that of yeah, that. Yeah, but I sent you that clip. Yeah, yeah, that like, guy. Oh, he had a hell of an trash. arm. That guy should have yeah, tried yeah, out yeah. for that, the Forty right. Niners. That clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this movie. Oh my god! Like this is, this is absolute garbage. Like it's like it barely qualifies as a movie. First of all. It's mostly barely silent. Qualifies movie. It barely qualifies as a movie. It does because first of all, it's like almost entirely silent. There's maybe like ten moments of dialogue in the movie, uh, and it's basically it's a really funny thing because uh, the guy who made it, Norbert Motier, uh, credited as Ng Mount, uh, at the time was a video store owner and started filming in '82. Uh, with no money, but with a lot of passion, uh, his dream to achieve a French horror version of films like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, Night Living Dead, that he mm-hmm. could rent to people who came into his store. <laughs> but okay. He had, but he had no money. And so, like, he made this fucking thing, and he didn't have uh, luxuries like sound. So that's why there's no like dialogue in the movie. It's mostly a silent film, uh, w- which is filled with this like really cheesy like wah 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 score that's like not even music. It's more noise. Uh, but it's basically a slasher film. It's mm-hmm. basically a slasher film, uh, and like throughout the movie, you just see this guy just killing people, and there's no dialogue. They're just like there's these victims that show up, and he chases them and he kills them. And I gotta give I gotta give props for it being so brutal because the first kill in the movie is a child. It's like a little kid who gets killed. Jesus. Yeah, and then it kills like, like assault on precinct thirteen style. Yeah, yeah, but but more brutal than that uh, because he's like axe and stuff. And then later, like he's got the kid like propped up on a log and he's sawing his head off. You know, so it's like really extreme. You know. Uh, and like a, and like a lot of the kills in this movie are like that. They're really extreme, but they're also really fucking poorly done, which makes them funny. Like you know, there's a scene where um, you know, like he he like kills this guy and beheads him, but the the head is so clearly a mannequin head. Oh yeah, it's hysterical. Like it's not even flesh toned. It's like white. <laughs> the head is like clearly just like white, like white. styrofoam white. They're not yeah, even dying. It is. it is. That's exactly right. It is. And so it, like, rolls off, and you're just laughing because it's so bad. Uh, but, yeah, the movie, like, it's... I gotta give it props for being as depraved as it is, because a lot of stuff that happens in it, even though the, like, the FX make it cheesy, it's really depraved and really, Damn. like, gross, you know? Uh, but then, what makes it even funnier 
is like halfway through the movie, like you think he's kidnapped this girl or something to torture, but it turns out like she's the the slasher's lover, and they have like this love scene, and then they're both into killing people, and it makes no sense because again, there's no dialogue explaining anything, uh, and then later in the movie, there's zombies like people just like so zombies suddenly start to like come out of the ground with no explanation. Uh, and then at the very end of the movie, there's a vampire and it's about a vampire. So like he couldn't even decide what the fuck this movie was about. Wait, are you talking about from dust till dawn? You said there were, I could, you specifically told me before this, that I could yes. not bring up from dust till dawn. And no. here you are because from dust kind till dawn, of dropping a, a from dust till dawn move reference no. without my consent. I am not. I am not. This is a trash film that happens to mention a vampire in the end. From Wrestle Dawn is a big studio production. And I warned you at the time, I'm like, don't you dare embarrass yourself by bringing up From Dust Till Dawn as a trash film because it's not a trash film. It is too big of a budget. It has too many stars. It is not trash. Whatever. Whatever. So, moving on. Uh, yes. I have I have another quick subcategory that okay. I want to mention because this is a huge part of trash cinema. So I'm not even doing it justice by only bringing up two, but we only have so much time and I want to get to our next topic. So um, one of the, the, the big supporters of trash film, because trash films are, um, you know, made on micro budgets that a lot of the time they have to be short films. Um, and so... You can find a a enormous long history of trash short films, uh, but I want to bring up two collect two uh, particularly uh, one of them, uh, which is another one of these weird ones that managed to make it to video store shelves, even though it was a short film. Uh, somehow it made it, uh, and this is totally cheap, totally trash. I believe shot on video, if not Super Eight. Uh, this is Attack of the Killer Refrigerator. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, is that this, like... Is a, this is a cheap one from the eighties. It's <laughs> like the one that the mattress that kills people. Like, are you about to pull that one out too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the killer bed movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, is that uh -oh. your dog or mine that's going off? That's yeah. yours. Okay. Um, but yeah, this this is crap. This is really, really a really bad movie. But I had to bring it up because it's called Attack of the Killer Refrigerator, and the and the the the, the cover is this half naked chick saying, "Oh no, I just hate cold cuts." Um, <laughs> so, like that's all you need, right? That's all I need, right? Um, so I want to mention that one. But then before we move on, I did want to mention uh, uh, my buddy and probably your buddy too, uh, Mike Lombardo. Uh, who makes oh, shouts out, Mike Lombardo, my very good Really good dude, and he makes um, a lot of short trash films. Mm -hmm. And he's the type of guy who would who would appreciate the fact that we call these films trash films because he loves those movies. He understands them, and that's what he makes. And um, I have a, I have a little collection here, uh, which he gave me as a gift uh, and and signed for me, which I was very thrilled about. It's called uh, Suburban Holocaust. Very it's cool. DVD. I have that as well. There you go. It's a DVD collection of his short films. Uh, as he calls it, entertainment for the morally bankrupt. 
And it really is because these are not only trash films, these are splatter films. Mm. These are films equi equivalent to uh, splatter novels like Edward Lee, Wrath James White, etc. Uh, and he's got all sorts, all sorts of horrible creatures in this from suicidal clowns to uh, uh, zombies. Uh, and it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's a fun collection. And he also recently came out with a film that you can find on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called, um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's called I'm Deeming, I'm Dreaming of a White Doomsday. Yes. Uh, and it's a holiday film for people who hate holiday films because it's dark, it's apocalyptic, uh, and you can watch it on Amazon. So I highly re recommend you do so. Yeah. Shouts out to Lombardo. I love that guy. Please wa yeah, watch that movie. It's it's badass. It is not. It, it's worth your while for sure. No, it's it's really good. And like it's like his <clears throat> like I would say that's his first non trash cinema film because he actually mm -hmm. like went at it full force mm -hmm. and made like a, a serious dark movie yeah uh, absolutely you know, about the post-apocalypse uh but all of his other splatter movies are definitely just fun and crazy like he was involved in um the uh the the effort to turn edward lee's the big head into a film yeah uh, and i actually got to watch this with them at his house which was a lot of fun uh uh where where like you know they were trying to make this movie uh out of the edward lee novel which is a sick sick novel one of his most disgusting books and i love that they were trying to make a movie out of it and it just didn't it didn't happen but they made this short film that was kind of like an effort to get funding for yeah. the for the movie and uh and so that's what we watched uh but anyway shouts out mike lombardo our man shouts uh, out lombardo rest in power <laughs> i miss my uncle charles y'all he'll know what that means okay he knows i don't want to take up any more time good um so <laughs> um, all right so the last ver the last um subcategory i wanted to bring up which is probably the most important when it comes to trash cinema mm -hmm. uh is shot on video uh and these are movies that are shot on video uh, and again, going back to the VHS boom, when video store shelves were empty and they wanted anything that they could rent to potential customers, all these people who had the means to make some kind of movie, however poorly done, however stupid, they managed to make them and get them seen because they like, OK, if you can get them to a video store shelf, if you have that kind of distribution, people will see this fucking stuff. And yeah, this yeah. was this was a big um, a big thing in the eighties. You don't see it as much because later on, because in the nineties, you know, big studios caught on, and everything they made came out to VHS, and video stores became an even bigger thing, and blockbuster video took over and killed the mom and stop mom and pop store. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other story. Uh, and so, like the eighties is the era for shot on video films. And because um, it was easier to create shocks with horror than anything else, most of these movies are horror films. Uh, it was rare to, like, no one made a shot on video romance movie or yeah, no. drama, you yeah. know? Uh, even action movies, it was too hard to make with machine guns and, and helicopters. Like, they didn't have access to that. But any schmo with a bottle of corn syrup 
red number five and a machete could make a horror film. And a little bit of moxie. And a little bit of moxie, John Wayne. And a lot of imagination. Absolutely. And you can make so, it. Uh, yeah, no, it totally makes to, sense. It totally does. Yeah. So I wanted to start off with the the two movies that are credited as being the first ones to do this. Uh, and one of them, sure enough, uh, was a Pryor Brothers film. My man, Ted Pryor, fellow okay. bodybuilder. Erotic as hell. Imagine that. <laughs> here's, a, here's a funny little side thing on Ted Pryor, by the what way. What is the funny little side thing? Is this a tangy? It is funny. It, I'm going to go off on a tangy here. He was a bodybuilder. But he yeah. wasn't like a professional like like John Michael Thor was. He was just a bodybuilder. Uh, but he managed to become a um, Playgirl playmate. Uh, oh, yeah, Playgirl being the short-lived uh, counterpart to Playboy, which was uh, you know for, for supposed to be for ladies, and it was a bunch of naked dudes. Peter uh, Steele was in that Rest in Power. There you go. Um, typo negative. There you go. I'm sure you have that issue, and it's very well loved. Are you not a fan? Of typo negative? Yeah. Eh, eh, not so much. Uh, they're all right. You know, they're all right for what they were. They were a little cheesy for me. Uh, but uh, Don't speak ill of the dead, dude. He is dead. Rest in power. Thank you. Uh, but anyway, uh, Playgirl... Playgirl was a thing in the 70s and 80s, and it never really took off because they quickly found out that it was gay men who bought it and not women, and it just didn't sell as well as Playboy. Um, anyway, Ted Pryor was in uh, this magazine uh, because he was super ripped and, and beautiful, uh, and he was in this magazine, and he's the one who told me, like, he was like, yeah, uh, you'd think it'd be this thing where women were falling all over you, but really, I just got tons of of fan mail from gay men and you know and so that was the thing so anyway that's a little side story that he told me over whiskey and uh, also uh that was done on uh meredith children al bundy uh was posing for playgirl in one episode and then they was. they found out that he wasn't cool anymore and pulled the plug in the middle he middle did. yeah thing. mr empty pants yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah uh and also it was mentioned in uh, All in the Family, but we, we mentioned that on another that episode. Yeah. And if you haven't heard it, got to go back. Super you got to go back. So anyway, uh, uh, our introduction to the Pryor Brothers was a little film that is the first slasher film ever shot on video that had a wide release. Well, not wide, but, you know, video store release. And that's a little movie called Sledgehammer. 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 You're going to call my name. This movie is a glorious turd of a movie. I don't know if I've um, seen that. I don't think I've seen that. Well, you're going to. If you're a friend of mine, you're going to see it. Okay. Uh, this this is, like I said, it's the first slasher film that was shot on video. Um, but the funny thing is, is that when they made it, it wasn't considered long enough to be a movie. Because they basically made a movie that was like, a little under an hour. 90 right? minutes, right? Doesn't that have to be considered a feature? Something, yeah, yeah. But like this was little, a little bit under an hour of the footage that they, they shot and made. And so in order to stretch it out, because they didn't have the ability to film more footage because the actors were gone, even though the actors were like friends of theirs from college. Um, you know, like, so what they did is David Pryor, being the genius madman director he was, 
he just fill he just took some of the scenes and put them in slow motion. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, so that makes makes yeah. the runtime longer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like a he put this like, of scary music like dun 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 dun, and it's just like stuff that should not be in slow motion. It's like someone reaching for a doorknob, and it just goes on forever. It's excruciating, dude. Uh, and and it's just to boost the runtime. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, yes. Uh, but like you had said in Terrorvision, they just painted doors on the walls, and that, like because it was cheap. But that, that I'm going to be firm on the fact that they did that on purpose to give it a surreal feel. But with Sledgehammer, they actually wanted, they actually did do this shit because they couldn't afford it. What they did is they, um, you know, like the guys lived in an apartment. Uh, but there's like they wanted this movie to take place. That certain scenes take place in a house. Uh, and so what they did is they just had doors that they got somehow that were just doors and they just placed them up against the wall of the apartment to make it look like there were more rooms in it, to make it look like it was a house and not an apartment. Yes. Uh, so like you see these these, these scenes. No, where I know exactly like, what we're talking about. You're like jogging my memory or jogging it. Yeah. And yeah. so there's these scenes where like, there's this, there's this wall with like like all of these fucking doors and like go nowhere and it's just it makes it seem all the more bizarre when you watch it. it it like it's already a fever dream of a movie but it makes it all the more surreal when you're watching it like what's with all these doors and, and whatever uh and yeah and it's a pretty simple story it's just a a kid you know like with kills people with a sledgehammer and then Later, he comes back in the same place when these sexy, sexy teens show up, or they're supposed to be teens anyway. They show up uh, at this at this cabin, and he uh, and he like you know starts killing them again. And Ted Pryor is super muscle bound in the movie, uh, shirtless through the whole thing, and and he's also a total dick to like his girlfriend in it. And wow. It's like, why does she even like him? Because he's like, hey, you know, it'd be funny if I shoved this cake in your face, ha ha ha, you know. And there's like a whole food fight in the movie. It's got like every cheap 80s movie cliche in it. Uh, and so it's a total masterpiece. What's it called again? Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. Okay. Sledgehammer. Dude, when you come up here to take care of me, we're going to watch it. Okay. So that is um, that Sledgehammer. That was the first uh, slasher film shot on video. Uh, but it's been debated. It's often been debated which was the first horror film shot on video. Some people say it was Sledgehammer, and mm -hmm. some people say it was this film, which is also a shot on video uh, piece of trash. Uh, this is a film called Boarding House. Mm. And Boarding House is... For the most part, it's considered the first shot on video horror film. All apologies to, to the Pryor Brothers and Sledgehammer. Um, it's still up for debate, though. But anyway, Boarding House is not a slasher film. So Sledgehammer is definitely the first slasher film shot on video. Uh, but this movie is more of like a haunted house type of deal. Uh, but it's about this guy who is like a landlord. And he rents the house out to all these beautiful young women, all these college girls. And they all just hang out. And, like, clearly the guy who wrote it and directed it is also the star of this movie. Uh, because, really? like, he's just, he's just like, hey, I'm the landlord, but all these college girls are totally into me. And we just hang out in the hot tub and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, and, like, it's 
And it's so cheesy. The horror in it is so bad, but at the same time, it goes it goes the the all out. Uh, like with people like ripping out their own intestines and stuff like that. So yeah. they do they don't cop out on it. But man, is it funny. It's like it's so incredibly inept as a film. Uh and they and they film it in in what they call horror vision. It's filmed in <laughs> horror vision, you know. What, so what does horror vision mean? That it's they're red tinted or something? Yeah, or yeah. It's, no, it's just they, they, you know, it's like a, a cheesy old thing, like going back to like the fifties, you know, uh, trash films. You know, like filmed in terror vision and all that. Gotcha. That's why terror vision is called terror vision. They, they take it from that old, that old term, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, boarding house. Uh, like also available from slasher video. They put out a 30th anniversary of it, uh, including a director's cut, which is like fucking five hours long. And you really don't you really don't need that. Like, even I haven't watched that shit. Uh, but uh, it also includes the original cut. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, boarding House. Please watch Boarding House. Speaking of five hours long, we might need to, to bring this into a, a landing pattern. Do you want to end on a specific... Okay. Uh, okay movie yeah, I, or I, like let's I let's bring go, it in you're right you're right we should bring it's been going on for a while uh so i'll just i'll just name them i won't get into details there's a couple other movies that i was going to talk about 555 is one of them so okay. if you can't afford 666 555 um ghoul school is another one yeah splatter farm death nurse which is a shot on video film so horrible i've never finished it uh, but I own it. Uh, and Hack O Lantern challenge. Another one. These are these are some of my personal favorites from the shot on video era. But we are running long, and so thank you because yeah. I could go on about this shit all night long. I know you could, and I, I think maybe it definitely warrants uh, maybe another episode of or a segment in another episode where we talk about some more, or uh, you, you know we expound upon it in some way because we really could talk about it. I was like, fuck I it. But I have, but one thing I really do have to mention before we Say close. It, mention it. Mention one it, thing mention we were talking before about Amazon Prime and how they are a tre- treasure trove of trash cinema because they really are. Um, after Tangi and I recorded our segment, uh, which was on the last episode where we talked about smut because we really wanted to give the female perspective because John Wayne and I appreciate the female perspective and wanted to give them uh, a female the voice uh, yes. for that particular episode um afterwards we we found a movie uh where, or well i find a movie and i was like hey you want to watch this and she was like fuck yeah mm-hmm. uh it's called evils of the night mm. and it was it was a, a film from 1985 and it's on amazon now you can watch it this movie was the perfect movie for us to watch after talking about how much we loved smut cinema. Um, it's a horror movie about aliens who need the blood of horny teenagers wow. uh, to, 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 to keep them alive and fuel them. Uh, and uh, for one thing, this movie, for a 1985 film that isn't porno, it's got full bush, dude. It shows full, bush. full bush. Like women completely naked. Uh, but it doesn't give much for the ladies to enjoy. Like, there's all these scenes with guys, and, like, they're having sex, but the guys, like, keep their fucking jeans on. And I was like, come on, you can't even show a butt. You can't even show a guy's butt. This is, this is, uh, that, that's a drawback for the film. Keep their jeans on. They keep their jeans on. But, yeah, it's a drawback of the film. 
but the film has some star power. Uh, for one thing, it has all of these sex symbols from the 60s in it. Uh, Tino uh, Louise, who was Ginger on Gilligan's Island. She's awesome. in the movie. She's yeah. in the movie. And my personal love, Julie Newmar. Catwoman, Catwoman herself. Catwoman from Batman. She's in this. They both play two of the elder, you know, um, uh, alien women. Um, you know, so they're not like nude in her or anything. But they're like full bush. They're not. Yeah. They're not full bush. Uh, they're both in their fifties at the time, but they're both super hot. Even even so, uh, but also, but then also John Carradine is in it. Uh, um, and uh, a little uh, actress named Carrie Emerson. Uh, who is also known for her role in Chopping Mall, a West Southard's favorite film. Now, and and uh, I don't want to give it away, but uh, <laughs> Wes will go in depth about this connection on his new podcast coming out soon, Chopping Mall, West yeah. Southern, the West Southard perspective. So, yes, yes. Uh, just kind of teasing that. So uh, we'll chopping talk more about around. that. Yeah, chopping, chopping it around, around chopping around. Um, but the film also stars actual porn stars. Uh, including Amber Lynn, who we brought up before brought because up. of it things. Out. Rest in power. Uh, but it also stars uh, Crystal Breeze and uh, uh, Jerry Butler. Uh, so mm. these are all porn stars of the 80s that they managed to get in this movie. Yeah. And the Amber Lynn thing with, with Jerry Butler, like it's really just like, okay, let's have them have a sex scene. And they do. Uh, and that's really the only reason they're in the movie. <laughs> like the, That scene has no other purpose in the story. Uh, what little story there is. Uh, but yeah, this movie is like all about the TNA. There's all these like beach scenes with girls like putting tanning oil on each other and stuff like totally topless. Nice. Uh, and it also stars a young woman who's credited as G.T. Taylor. Uh, nice. And she plays the role of a of a blonde bimbo named Connie, who is my new heartthrob. Like, oh, my God, this chick is so hot it's unbelievable and she doesn't get naked in the movie her name is gt taylor gt taylor yeah oh, you looked her up i did and apparently there's some like rapper or something with the same name like a, a modern day rapper uh but yeah i looked i totally looked her up this is the only film she's credited as being in i don't know if she did other films on a different name or what but god damn it she's so fucking hot so beautiful Probably dating when you first producer. see her in the movie, when you first see the movie, she's at the beach, she's in a bikini, and she's like laying on her belly, and she's shaking her butt, and it's fucking wonderful. She's so hot. Like the whole movie, I was like, oh my god! And Tangie was like, yeah, I know, she's super hot. <laughs> like it was great. Uh, so if nothing else, watch it for GT Taylor in her unforgettable role as Connie in Evils of the Night. This is a 1985 Hooter movie of the highest caliber. It's terrible and wonderful. It's got some fun kills, some gory kills for the slasher fans. This is really like, you know, because like they they had like the, the stars from the 60s, like Ginger and Catwoman put in, like you could tell like the people who made it were like totally into like wanting to do like a B movie from their age. And that's why it was like aliens and stuff. Nice. But then the producers were like, no, this is 1985 slasher movies sort of thing. And so it kind of follows more of a slasher movie feel like mm. people being killed with power drills and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's an enormous piece of crap. It's terrible, but I highly recommend everyone watch it. <laughs> well, we will be watching it. Uh, I hope so. Evils of the night. It's on Amazon. As we speak, people don't waste Evils your life. Don't waste your life. Don't watch 
this next fucking Netflix show that'll get canceled. Watch this. Evils of the night, motherfucker. And that's your homework assignment. I think I think for next time we should we should bring Every it in. Movie I named should be your homework. You should see like, it and we want a paragraph <laughs> on each one sent to us and uh, show your work, people. But show here's the thing, work. like Evils what of the Night like, Evils of the Night, like that's a movie you should watch with a friend. Okay. Uh, like that's a fun movie to watch with a friend and just laugh at. If you watch it by yourself, you're gonna feel really sad and pathetic, like I do most of the time throughout my entire life. So you want to watch it with a friend? So watch it with a friend. You know, I watched it with a friend, whereas I would have normally watched it by myself. But I was lucky enough to watch it with a friend who loves smut, as you know, if you listen to her on the last show, she loves smut. Shouts out. Uh, Not to get off on a tangy, but uh, I want to say um, just like that, you know, you we are uh, listen to the show every Thursday. I forget what the connection I was making. It doesn't matter. Uh, <clears throat> this show, uh, you know, I think we should take it home. Check us out. Sure. Uh, sure. Thank you for listening to this very long episode. Uh, yes. And um, check us out at Chris, Chris and John Wayne dot com uh, for all of that's where all the new episodes come out. Uh, you got me drinking now. What do we say also at the end? Uh, and, uh, well, and no, we, we just we say, you know, like, thanks for listening. And uh, hope you love Trash Cinema, too. Or if you don't, I hope that you've got a new appreciation for Trash Cinema. We'll check out some of these films that we talked about. Uh, obviously, do. our love for these these films, or at least mine, was enough to warrant <laughs> two episodes. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, yeah, so hopefully you check some of these out. Uh, you can check us out at chrisandjohnwayne.com. Uh, you can also find both of us online. Uh, John Wayne is Dead is Mr. John Wayne Caminale's moniker. Uh, and johnwayneisdead.com is my website. Right, johnwayneisdead.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at coyotechris, K-O-Y-O-T-E-K-R-I-S. You can also find me under my name on Facebook and all that other shit that the kids like. Um, pretty soon I'll have a TikTok where I just show my dick the whole time. Uh, that's a dick talk. Oh. Dick talk. That's what the people want. That's what people really want. Uh, by the way, fuck you, Bella Thorne. That's a whole other thing. But fuck you, Bella Thorne. Uh, uh, shouts out to you, you fucking soulless bitch, who hurt sex workers big time with her whole um, uh, OnlyFans thing. But anyway, that's a whole, a whole other thing. Uh, we won't get into that. We don't have time. We're we out of time. We're out of time, but thank you, everybody. Please follow us at our things, and, and thank you for listening to the show, and check it out every Thursday. Tell your friends, and uh, we love you. We love you because you're trash. Yeah. Like us. And like every movie we love. We love trash. Trash! Trash! <laughs>